Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Riven Andrew Velez and this is now episode 93. This episode is going to be all about basketball, all NBA team snubs, Kevin Durant's historic Game 5 performance along with Paul George's and Atlanta potentially being ECF bound. Then we'll debate whether Doc Rivers is to blame for the Sixers back-to-back blown leads, if the Clippers are cursed, and what coach can maximize Zion Williamson. To finish off the show, we'll talk about the Wizards' future now that Scott Brooks is gone, Don Nelson and the Mavs parting ways, and potential trade packages for Chris Stops, Poor Zingas. This is now episode 93, and before the podcast started, we, were, we had a 30-minute long conversation about a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say nonsense. <laughs> but now we're finally going, we're finally starting the show, and I know that you are very upset. Because in the span of two days, <laughs> two of the worst things that could possibly happen for you happened. Mm, Kevin Durant had a historic game, and Paul point. George had a legacy game. Two things that you wish had not gone that way. I want to know what you think about that. How are you feeling? Feeling okay. Series aren't over. Got got some basketball left to play. Not going to be a hater. I'm going to appreciate greatness. Uh, it's going to be a good show. That's all I'll say. And how how, do you, how are you feeling, Riv? I'm ecstatic. <laughs> I'm geeked up. You know, today I just went to the gym, had leg day. So, you know, I'm feeling a little woozy. But um, last night I was really uh, I was sweating. And I was really pressured because it was a tough game, but PG pulled it out, so I'm excited. Both my teams is going to the uh, finals. Who? Well, you know I'm a Cam Reddish fan, so I'm a Hawks fan till I die. You think the Hawks are going to the finals? Um, I meant like ECF. That's not the finals. Eastern Conference Finals. Conference Come Finals. On, Come on, all right, all right. that's not the finals. Oh, well, they're both going to their conference finals, so I'm excited. So the first topic we're going to talk about today are the uh, All NBA teams that were announced. First team was Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, and Nikola Jokic. Second team was Chris Paul, Dame, LeBron, Randall, and Embiid. And third team was Kyrie, Beal, PG, Butler, and Gobert. Who do you think got snubbed? Simple question. I got two people in mind. I had Donovan Mitchell and I had Jason Tatum. I think uh, Jason Tatum definitely deserved to be in the list. I can't. I don't want to take somebody off because this year I feel like it was such an incredible year for players, and I feel like you could have put about 25, 30 players on the All-NBA All team. Devin Booker, Russell Westbrook, a lot of guys who definitely performed. Zach Levine put up good numbers too, but I think those are the two guys especially who deserve to be on the team. Jason Tatum, I probably would have subbed him out for Jimmy Butler. That would probably be my guy, and I think Donovan Mitchell gets the nod over Bradley Bill in my eyes. I know he averaged... 30 points a game, but I feel like Donovan Mitchell just had a more inf- impactful season. So I would have had those two in for me. So I, I had I had Mitchell too. I had Tatum too. But I also had Devin Booker on here who led his, his son's team to the number two seed. Obviously, he definitely had the help of Chris Paul, but Devin Booker was definitely not no slouch. Average 25, basically 26 on 48% from the field. Uh, four rebounds, four assists, not bad. Then you got Zion. That's That was my other snub. Zion had an unbelievable season, averaging 27. I think he averaged a little under seven rebounds. Not that many assists. Would have liked to see him be more efficient block-wise. I know he doesn't have the height that, you know, his his hops say he he he, he think we think he has. But uh, I think Zion had an unbelievable season. I, I actually had the same two people taken out. I took Bradley Beal out uh, for, for Devin Booker, and I took... Uh, 
Jimmy Butler out for Zion. Jimmy Butler, I understand getting the nod. Jimmy Butler was basically the heart and soul of that team while there were some injuries on the squad. Uh, but I just felt like Zion, we really saw him explode onto the scene, uh, scene this season. And that's why I think I would have given the nod in that third team. I know his team didn't make the playoffs, but as an individual performer, he was amazing this season. I don't think it matters if you make the playoffs. Well, I, I mean, every team, every player, other... No, I think every player made Scarlett the playoffs. Didn't play the play, didn't I think one year... That's fair enough, Boogie, but he made in the play-in. Boogie yeah. made the All-NBA team, and he didn't make the playoffs in the Kings. Well, I was going to say, you look at the whole first team, other than Curry, you, we don't count the play-in as a playoffs? I don't. Okay, I fair don't enough. All right, so all of them except for Curry made it. Second yeah. team, all of them made it. Third team, all of them made it. That's true. I have a lot of people that got snubbed, to huh. be honest. Damn. For one, James Harden got snubbed. 24, 11, and 5... <laughs> But how many games? He didn't play He played enough. 44 games the entire season. You got to play 50. No, you don't. LeBron played 45, so that's false. I, I really? thought LeBron played 51. LeBron played 45 games You this sure year. about that? I'll yes. look it up. Look Unless it up. you looked it up. Trey Young averaged 29, 9, and 4, but I don't. I didn't expect him. No, he didn't average 29. That was averaged, last year. Yeah, he averaged 25. Yes, or 26 around there. But Trey Young, I mean, not only did he not make an All-NBA team, he didn't make the All-Star game this season. Yeah, they disrespected him he crazy. Didn't. And you're right, LeBron 45. Yeah, LeBron only played 45. Oh, wow. LeBron only got in because of his name. He should have never been in the All-NBA team. If if LeBron gets in because of his track record, Harden should have gotten for his track record as okay. well. So, so who are you taking out? You said Beal. I would take out Kyrie for Harden. I mean, Kyrie. He averaged 28 clean. I know. 50, 40, 90. The Nets. That's facts, too. If you look at the Nets record with and without Harden. Agreed. So, so, so Beal or Kyrie close. would go out for Harden. And you're, and Beal or Kyrie. Donovan Mitchell definitely has to be on that All-NBA all team. He played 53 games. Kyrie played 54 games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Mitchell, the Jazz, they were the first seed in the NBA. Somebody on that. Yeah, definitely. Devin yeah. Booker should have made it as well. Jason Tatum. Like, there were so many snubs. If it was up to me, Jimmy Butler goes. I'm with you. He goes for Tatum. Kyrie goes for Harder. Mitchell, <coughs> Mitchell, and Beal goes for Harder. and Beal goes for Booker. I'll reward playing games and making the playoffs as well. And Booker played sixty-seven games. Mitchell played fifty-three, and Tatum played sixty-four. So I would have put Tatum in over Butler, Mitchell over in Kyrie, and uh, Booker over Beal. And I would even taken out LeBron and maybe put in somebody else in there. I don't know. Depends. Like who? Well, maybe you could take out LeBron for Tatum? Tatum or something like that. So you think Tatum should have been second team, or are you just saying you move someone up on the third team? He should have been in the third or second team. Okay. I just don't think that if we're talking about playing 50-plus games, LeBron should have never been there. Yeah. And I understand his track record, but come on now. His stats were still pretty absurd. He still it, averaged 25. No doubt. No mm-hmm. doubt. They were, they were awesome. Mm-hmm. But that's a good question. Who would get in over LeBron or Butler? Who's that? Who's at that forward spot? I would I had to, I had Tatum for Butler, Brown, Jalen Brown. Brown's a guard. They have him listed as a guard. Mm, okay, I feel like Zion, like Zion was was amazing this season. Zion, you putting Zion on the second team? Though? I'm second or third. I I mean, Paul George, you you can make the the case that this season he deserves. This. He deserves oh, okay. it. Oh yeah, yeah I'm, he's well, staying I wasn't with my third team. Oh, okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, Paul George basically played all season long, and he was very efficient this season. So, you can't take him out. Who Paul, Paul George. George? I'm not taking uh, yeah, him out. I'm definitely. I'm saying you could contemplate moving him I think up to Beal, the second team. Kyrie and Butler, guys, you can definitely take out. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Chris Kyrie, Paul a lock? I don't know if I would take out Kyrie. Chris Paul is a lock for sure. Chris what Paul, you guys, I don't even want to name this name. Honestly, I'm going to keep to myself. No, no, say it. Tobias Harris. Yeah, I'm out. You should have kept that. No, you don't said. think he deserves a, 
at least some Over consideration. Butler? First seed in the East. I just don't think these names. I, I mean, we're going off a name basis, like you said, with LeBron Butler. I don't, I don't wanna, You're right. The other guy would be Zion, yeah, it's in Zion. my opinion. It's Zion. I'm trying to look I had at Zion's else. numbers. I can't. Honestly, that's look really it. Like, I'm looking at the top points per game leaders, and nobody's really standing out to me in terms of making the All-NBA Yeah, team. Zion averaged 27, 7.2 rebounds, so I was wrong, and then 3.7 assists. I mean, they're basing it, uh, like you guys said, it, you got to make the playoffs to be in consideration for it. That's a fact. And I guess the NBA is counting the plane as some sort of playoff but the fact atmosphere. that Donovan Mitchell didn't even make third team and is Booker. I think Booker Both and Mitchell are probably are the biggest snubs. I'm really confu- the biggest snubs. I'm confused on the Bradley Bill I, thing, I understand honestly. Tatum because he was out with COVID for a little while. When he came back, he was kind of slump. I wouldn't say he was. But he still played more games than Mitchell. That's yeah, true. Mitchell, if we're, Mitchell was if we're up. doing that, Butler missed games. Kyrie missed games. Paul George missed about 10 games. Kawhi missed games. Steph missed some games. I'll yeah. say because Harden missed those games, I would I will take him out the snub list. Trey Young, because he didn't make the all-star team, I would take him out the snub list. KD only played 35 games. You're not going to get on the all-NBA team doing that. I'm with you. So the three snubs for me are <clears throat> Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. And they should have taken Butler, Kyrie, and Beal's spot. Well, let me ask you a question. You 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 felt like Trey should have. Who was Trey taking? Whose spot would he have took? Beal. Beal. Yeah. Beal put up some crazy numbers this I season. Know, but what they about were Westbrook? Such a bad team. But they still made the playoffs too. I would have honestly put Westbrook over Beal. Another triple double. I'm with you. I would have put Westbrook over Beal. Easy. They didn't start winning until Westbrook started going mm-hmm, off. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, Beal was kind of like uh. But Beal's just, he does his job night in, night out. He's a scorer, and that's what he's going to do. Yeah, not a top 15 player, though. Yeah. <laughs> you, still, you still with that? Not. I'm a double, doubling down on it. Triple down? Now that Trey Young has emerged and in the Mitchell. playoffs, Mitchell, Booker. Booker. Yeah. Oh, it's lit for yeah. Beal. Nah, he yeah. might not be top the, 20. No, I'm that, serious. When I said that at strong. the time, people legitimately thought Beal was better than Tatum, Beal was better than Booker, Paul George. and Beal was better than Paul George and Mitchell. Now you can't really You're not taking Beal over Paul George? You got to stop. Absolutely I'm, I'm just asking no, the question. I, I know why you're asking. You got to stop. Listen, they, they're curious. <laughs> you got to stop. Ask. No, but yeah, we can even double down on it. So LeBron, Harden. Curry. Curry, Giannis, KD, AD, Giannis, still, AD, Jokic, Embiid, Luka, Dame, Dame. Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irvin, Trey Young. That's 17. I don't, Butler's debatable. It is debatable. I was thinking the exact same. So thing. that's still sixteen, though. Chris Paul. That you could name him, but you know, based on age, maybe Beal gets the nod. I think Zion's going to be better Zion. than Beal. What about Trey? Uh, oh, we said Trey, right? What about Bam Adebayo? Nah, not that's yet. Not yet. Not yet. You think it's disrespectful? Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. You don't like Bam. I'm not saying I don't like Bam. Can we even name Kawhi? Beal. I did I name think, Kawhi. Did name yeah. Kawhi? Hundred percent. Julius Randle. Debatable. No. It's debatable. No, it is not after the playoffs. Beal could not do a sniff of what Julius Randle did throughout the regular season. Carry the Knicks to the playoffs? Did we forget that Beal had a whole playoff run with, with John with Wall who? back with in the who? day? John, John Wall, Wall the best Otto Porter Jr., Marston Gortat, and then they, they had a team. But when they had a squad, they actually and made Morris. a run. And, 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 it was, and, and John Wall was the heart and soul of the team. Heart and, I mean, John Wall was the best player, but it's not like Beal was a but scrub. Who did Randle have? Alec Burke? R.J. Barrett was supposed to be a Nerland's Noel? Like, come on, bro. I'm, I'm with you, but e- either way, Randall still played. Horrible, but we're talking about the regular season. We're not talking about the playoffs. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. But we're but talking yeah, about that, t- no, but we were talking about top 15. 
and or top twenty. That is fair. What did Beal do in the first round? He's top twenty. He's not top fifteen though. No, he's not. No, not even close to top fifteen. No, I'm with he's you. No, he's not. You know, was, I remember when I dropped that video, everybody thought Beal was certified. Listen, didn't his girl come at you? Yeah. Yeah, that's lit. Yeah. She was she was like uh, anybody with a a, a with platform a, with a right? mic thinks a mic, they know what exactly. they're talking about. But where's Bill now? At home sitting with you. All all the lot just Cancun. Cancun. Yeah, he's in Cancun. <laughs> he's in Cancun. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hey, breaking news. Rick Carlisle just informed Mark Cuban he will not be back next year. Wait, that just happened? Like like literally like a second ago. Like literally like 5 minutes ago. Oh, well that's good because we we have a Dallas Mavericks topic. Later on in the episode, oh, wow. yeah, 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 because we're Don, Don Nelson is out, Rick Carlisle is out. Yeah, he told There's Mark he's not coming back. Wow. Let me see. I want to see. I like how he had the audacity to tell Mark he wasn't coming back when he lost. Wow. You didn't believe me? No, I wanted. To, <laughs> I wanted proof for myself. The proof is in the pudding. No, that's crazy. They're a mess. Right Kawhi. Now. I can't wait to talk about I them don't later know if on the show. Mess. Kawhi did it. I think Rick Carlisle. Him being out as coach is a little bit better. Kawhi did it. I'm with time. you. I want to yeah, hold yeah. off because we're going to talk about it later. We'll see. Regardless. We're going to talk about Kevin Durant's historic performance. Game five. Claw. He had 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, <sighs> shot 16 for 23 and 4 for 9 from 3. The Nets are now up 3-2 on the Bucks, And I want to ask you guys this question. Watching the game, I didn't even get to appreciate Kevin Durant's performance because I was arguing with my arguing with my cousin the entire time <laughs> of the fourth quarter because when he watches the game he he got he gets very animated about what's happening and a lot of is he a Nets fan? No, he's a Knicks fan. Okay. And a lot of the things that he was saying, I was just disagreeing with. <laughs> like I, I was just looking at him like, bro, what the hell are you talking about? Because Kevin Durant was going one on one the entire fourth quarter, pretty much. Yep, and. He was like, why don't you double? Why don't you double? And I was like, bro, there are four other players on the court that shoot 40% from three. Yeah, You're going to double KD and then give an open shot to Joe Harris or James Harden. And my cousin thought that they should have done that. I thought differently. I want to know what you guys think. Because we were having this back and forth, and I kept I was arguing with him the entire fourth quarter about it. I want to say this. Giannis is very big. He can cover. Oh, we know that. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo. He can. <laughs> he can cover a lot of ground. I get what you. <laughs> that was crazy. Oh I, I get God. what your cousin is saying. Double teaming Katie when he's that hot. But at one, it was at a point where it didn't even matter. I think like just going one on one was their best bet. I think this they could have switched Giannis on him, or if they do double, put Giannis in the middle. Maybe he he could. Recover, but like you said, everybody was hot other than James Harden. But you can't leave James Harden open no matter what. Harris wasn't was hot gonna, either. Everybody was hot as strong. I mean, oh, Shamit was playing. Shamit was hot. Jeff well. Green Jeff was Green on fire. Had, he had probably the greatest. And you game just in his can't career. leave Joe Harris open no matter how bad he's shooting. Yeah, he and could Harden. be one for twenty. I will not leave. Him yeah, open. them two. You don't do that. So and it's Harden like, was missing every he's shot. Still James he was Harden. throwing up. He was hitting front rim every shot. Still he James Harden. You leave James Harden, Brody. I mean, yeah, you can't leave James Harden. That game. You contemplate, especially when KD is closing his eyes and making buckets. You don't. You know what I got from that game? Mike Budenholzer is a horrible coach. No, he is. Yeah. He's, he's really bad. What, what more could he have done that? They're game? up seventeen. 
they're coming back. He makes no adjustments. He makes no defensive adjustments. Makes mm-hmm. no offensive mm-hmm. adjustments. Has run no plays. They ran 15 isos in the fourth quarter. That is not the Bucks. In mm-hmm. the straight, Giannis, 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 mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. Well, that's what they wanted. But I mean, he, they wanted to give Giannis the ball. And I, I'll say this. I agree with you slightly, but <clears throat> I like that in the fourth, they were giving the ball to Giannis, but not at the top of the key. They were yeah, posting exactly. him up. But he's posting up from the free throw. I don't like where he gets the ball. I like him on the block. But he can close. make that shot, kind of. I wouldn't, I, not as consistently as. But I prefer him on the block, one on one, where he can just straight two, two dribbles into the paint. The thing layup. about Giannis's post game is that he doesn't have great instincts. Yeah. And like the James Harden play is a perfect example. You have a 20 pound advantage on James Harden. Might it's be more ob- than that. It's obviously a mismatch. Yeah, it actually is 22. He's strong as not hell. Not much more than that, but it is 22 pounds. He's thick. Uh, 6'11. To 6'5". I'm wrong with that. Giannis knows Harden is on a bad <laughs> hamstring. The entire night, Harden was not guarding anybody. He wasn't. And Giannis, instead of blowing by him, settles for a mid-range fadeaway jump shot, oh, was which times. was bad shot selection. And Hakeem, when he trained with Dwight Howard, he got him slightly better, but Hakeem always said that Dwight Howard, when he watches him play, he's frustrated because he, he misses so many opportunities on the court. Because he overthinks things. Like Howard doesn't, he doesn't think of. It's not an instinct. And, and yeah, he's not an instinct. He's always thinking about what movie's about to do. He's not doing it instinctually. And I think that's Giannis's problem. He's thinking way too much. And even, even if he were to go and work out with Hakeem, it would be so different because, I mean, you still have to have instincts for the game. So he can only teach you so much moves, but you have to have those instincts. I think you still need to have the moves in the bag, though. Like, he doesn't even have the moves in the bag. Like, yeah. said not... the last show. He has no bag. Hakeem is 10 years older, though. Like, how old is he now? Like, 60? Oh, yeah, well, he just trained now. Embiid last year. Oh, he did? Yeah, like, he just oh. trained. But Embiid has the instincts, you know? Like, and, Embiid has those instincts to where he can, Embiid can tick off on what that is. He's 58. Damn. Yeah. It's not that bad, though. I was going to say, bad. Charles Barkley isn't even 60. He's not. No. Wow. It's actually not that bad. 58. Wow. They feel so old. And it's like, and with the Harden thing, like, he's on a bad hamstring. Why are you guys not attacking him exactly. on offense? I Drew Holiday should have been way more aggressive. And Mike Budenholz not putting the ball in his hands a lot. The, the honest thing, it's just. <sighs> but this was a legacy at, game for KD. At what point yeah. did the Bucks not realize that Harden was a decoy? It should have been. They're the been, dumbest team in the NBA. It should have been early, early in the game, you realize Harden does not have it tonight. We got to really hone in on KD because KD's killing us all game. In all fairness, Holiday was killing Harden. No, he was locking him up for sure. No, I'm talking about on offense. He was attacking. He should have got more possessions, way more possessions. I'm talking strictly offensively. Strictly off, he was Harden's shot was just short every time. He he obviously isn't in basketball. We knew that though. We knew that we going in. He was going to be healthy. But the biggest reason why KD was able to do this is because Harden was out there. Harden being out there completely removed uh, the idea of a double team. Realistically, I honestly think KD just, he did the same play like eight times in a row. He just brought the ball up, called for a screen, Isolation. and then just raised yep. up. Yeah, yep. was, at, at some point, it, he, it's just you can't guard that. Yeah, it's I like... Mean, every single shot was heavily but, contested. And my, thing, my thing is the only person who can block that shot is Giannis. Because P.J. Tucker is a great defender, but he's 6'5". Have we ever seen anyone really block KD shot? Giannis, that really is. Have we seen any? Have we seen Giannis ever lock up somebody on ball? Jimmy Butler, that's about it. Last series, yeah. you know saying? But he has no jump shot, so. The thing, I've never seen Giannis be a great on-ball defender. I think he's a good, great he's help defender. He's kind of slow on his feet. Yeah, I don't think he's a great on-ball defender, though. He's a great mm-hmm. help defender. 
All right, honest question to you guys. Was this the best playoff performance you've ever seen? Possibly. I, I will say yes. I don't, I'll wait to give my opinion. I'll wait to hear from Riv. <laughs> so you were supposed to I got to think. Uh, listen, I got I got something. You want me to talk? You're going to say LeBron. It because it's, it's... I'm going to say it's number it's two. It's so recent for me that it's I number two. You're 100% going to say LeBron. I am. I know you are. It's I am. Ridiculous. It was the gonna NBA say that, Finals. It was you, the NBA Finals. You're say the game he game lost. One. Correct. That's why... You got to win. But that's, I'm with you. We got to talk about a win. I'm, <laughs> We can listen. We gotta talk about a disrespectful. win. We have to talk about a win. No, I think you know, why, you know what I, you know what I'm, I think I'm is better. The credit. LeBron James at Boston, Boston, forty-five, the, the, the forty-point game. I yeah. think that was better. You know what and I think then is better? LeBron's fifty-one. He lost. Bro, he lost. But so I'm not on, really hearing you. You know what I think is better? Clay Thompson game six at Against OKC. OKC? Because it's in the moment. So Jordan, Jordan has the all-time record for points in a game. That's not even in consideration in the because playoffs? he lost. I never watched it. Really, you never even watched tape? Yeah, we, well, I, I didn't, watched the tape, in, but I thought you in, said in the like, moment is a little bit different. Yeah, I, I thought you meant like our era. era. Talk, oh, if we're talking our era, then I'm going to stand by LeBron. I can't give a loss the best performance ever. Even though I'm giving the, I'm giving a, it to LeBron in Game Six at Boston. Even though he was a victory. free throw away from beating the greatest team ever. One hundred percent, he lost. I'm yeah. actually trying to think of performances, but I can't think one off the bat. Okay, but another one up there in contention is the NBA Finals when Ray Allen hit that shot. Correct. I'm which that's I, one of them too. That's moments because I that's probably the greatest sports moment I've ever seen up there with probably the block or Kyrie Irving shot. But for me, that Ray Allen shot is the greatest basketball play I've ever seen. But if we're just going all around just performance for an entire game, Kevin Durant blacked the entire game. Yeah, I got no about like, it. I've, and he played all 48 minutes. And it, it, I'm talking about, like, you know I have to really mean this if I'm going to say something like this to, to praise this man. That's just ridiculous. He, he went unconscious. <laughs> like, I have never seen someone just will a team the way that Kevin Durant did. I've seen it in OKC before. I've seen LeBron do it too, like a few times, but oh my god, uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, he just said I've never seen it, and then says that. No, but this th- the thing. Shooting wise, shooting. I'm sorry, th- he was just. Uh, there was one play specifically where he hadn't touched the ball for basically the entire possession. This Har- was sorry to cut you off. It's all right, bro. You could you could go. Walk on, walk on. <laughs> That's all right, bro. Go ahead. Right it's all right. This was a fantastic performance, but I just feel like it was game five. Like yes, it's game five. Like we. I just put much more of an emphasis on a game seven. Yep. And that just means so much more to me. And I think people, because he had this great performance, people are just now being reminded of who Kevin Durant is, but he's always been this. And OKC, he was this. He led a team to the finals in 2013. And that was before Harden was a superstar. That was before Ibaka was, had a, had a jump shot. That was before Westbrook was a solidified superstar. I mean, Kevin Durant has done this before. People have just forgotten one thing I'll say to that is I would be even more impressed had he saw a single double team at all the entire game. I mean, I understand why you're not double teaming. Like you explained, you, they have a bunch of shooters on the squad that, that could get a bucket at any time. But the fact you're not doubling him when he's got, at, at that point in time, already 40 clean, it makes no sense. Let me ask you a question. Is this, the, one, of, is this uh, one of the best KDs you've ever seen in, in, a, in a series so far? I'm gonna yes, say I could far. say. Like, is, he, is he yes. having? A, is he having a top five series? Because this is some of the most he's ever had to for do. him. Yes, for him. Another question: Is it, was this performance better than Steph Curry 2019 dropping 30 in the second half against Houston? No, because of the moment. That was a game six. Winner go home. He was on the road. It wasn't winner go home. Yeah, that was game six for them. 
But listen, they were if, up. If Brooklyn, I mean, no, it was two. It was tied two two. If Brooklyn it was three loses two. this game, it, oh yeah, okay, yeah, it was right. three Brooklyn two. But it, it wasn't winner go home for them. Yeah, 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 but it was like winner go home for the other team. Yeah, You're yeah. in hostile environment. He had zero points, I think, or it was like two uh-huh. in the first half. Yeah, and then just goes ridiculous in the second half. I'm gonna take KD because it was the entire game. He was pretty consistent. I just think game six because they won. But I, f- I get yeah. it. No, I'm they, with they you. Ended I understand. It. I got to go with that one. This episode is going to be out tomorrow. The Bucks and Nets game is tonight. Oh, so if we make our predictions, nobody's going to know about it until tomorrow. Well, I have Bucks tonight. You have the Bucks tonight. Mm-hmm. You have. I got the Bucks. Tonight. I don't think they lose yeah. in Milwaukee. I think KD's going to end it in Brooklyn. I, I, I said if Harden plays, I thought that the Nets were going to win last game. I hope the Bucks do win because I have Game Seven tickets. So. You, you bought it with the, the possibility. <laughs> They well, refund you. Get your money you. Back. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get your I hope they win for your sake too. That'd be Game Seven because yeah, Game so, Five was crazy. I think they will win because every team has won their home game, home game in this series. Last game was close, and it took a Kevin Durant historic performance along with a Jeff Green historic performance too. He wins. was he Uncle one, Jeff was bugging, three, bro. But yeah, if the Bucks cut. if the Bucks don't win, I have to think about another Father's Day gift. Oh, that was for your dad. Yeah, that was that's a dope. Dad. That's so, a dope yeah, gift. I got him. I hope you don't get played, tickets, bro. Yeah, yeah now nah, we're praying for you. So, uh, Katie needs to cut. I mean, he needs to go bald. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He looks crazy. He got a like, butthole the on the top of crazy. his head. Yeah, now nah, he's a filthy guy. He <laughs> 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 looks just got a crown of his head. Looks. If, if, you see his it beard? Just feels like it, yeah, he's cool. amazing at basketball. He's so ugly. His swag is not it. His drip is crazy. Like he wears tight, skinny sweats, mad long. He thinks it feels like somebody something. just burned off that part of his That's head. why he always yeah. wears a hat. He always wears a hat. Well, that's probably not helping his hair either. I mean, LeBron be having it out just... Him and Chris Paul just... LeBron's a hairline. I feel like at that point when you've been on national television so much, you really don't, don't care, care yeah. about your appearance of course anymore. Not. And he's him. No, nah, I'm sure they do care. I'm you sure they do so? care. Definitely. Russell wouldn't pull up to the to the game like the way he's he's dressed every Russell every ain't night. KD, though. I don't think KD cares about none of that. He just likes to hoop. Uh, Katie doesn't go into, into I the I feel like maybe you fashion. could say this season he doesn't care about any of that. Any noise. And this is the first season that I've really seen KD like block out any noise. KD always goes into the arena with a, like a hoodie. Yeah. And a hat. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> go with anything crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a hoodie and a hat. Paul George also had a legacy game in game five. It really was the worst night of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and he oh, had okay. 37 points. Back back. He had 37, 16, and five. Really efficient, but also Reggie Jackson had 22, Morris had 25, Mann had 13, and that absolutely ridiculous dunk on Rudy Gobert, that was which crazy. was crazy. That was crazy. And Morris was looking like New York Knicks Marcus Morris. <laughs> remember when he was our star player last year, averaging <laughs> he 20, was he looked like that. The Clippers are now up 3-2, and before the game happened, somebody on TikTok asked me what I thought the, the key for them winning game five was, and I, I mentioned three things. Paul George having a great performance. That happened. The Clippers doubling up Donovan Mitchell. That happened. And the Clippers just continuing to play small. And that happened as well. I think that the Clippers have found the recipe to beat Utah. And that's playing small, doubling Mitchell. And you just got to hope Paul George performs. And to this point, he has been performing. And I feel like the Jazz are in trouble. They have been figured out. This Clippers team shoots just as good from them at, from the three. And they can do more things. Like Utah, we're seeing now, is a very one-dimensional team in terms of they're just going to put up shots. And Donovan Mitchell, because he was getting doubled, it was very hard for him to get inside the paint. Yeah, so he was settling for those jump and shots. And that ankle injury. Exactly. It's taking a toll on him. Exactly. 
And the Clippers are now up 3-2, and what do you think? You think the Clippers will finish out the series, or do you see the Jazz winning in seven? Well, I like I, I said it. Uh, well, first of all, you, you guys saw you guys follow me on the Instagram. I was trusting playoff P, trusting P. I was I was lit yesterday. Got live, but um, yeah, I think I said this. Uh, I think was it yesterday. Or I said this last week. Game five was very important for the Clippers. They had to go in there and they had to be Utah because if they didn't, it was over. They wasn't gonna win, especially with no Kawhi. Yeah, like they really task. like game five had to be really the best game in Paul George's life, and it was. Marcus Moore stepped up. Reggie Jackson stepped up. Finally, he just decided to play Zubak for eight minutes. Rondo got a little burned, but it was really like T-Man, Luke Kennard, Pat Bev hit some timely shots, played excellently defense for a stretch. It was just a team team effort, you know? And I think, like you said, you hit it on the nail. The Clippers have figured out Utah. And the thing with Utah is, without Mike Conley, you don't have that other ball handler to break down that double team. And Donovan Mitchell's ankle is bothering him, so he can't get into the lane as much as he wants. So he's taking that jump shot, and when he's double teamed, he isn't making a move. And I think Rudy Gobert, you know, as great as he is defensively, and as much he's dominated on the defensive end, they've actually scored at a groundbreaking rate when Gobert is on the court. The Clippers have exposed Gobert as a deep, like they switch and they're hunting. Reggie Jackson was hunting for Gobert all night. And Rudy Gobert on offense, he's just. He's not impactful. Like he, it's they set a screen, he rolls. They don't see him. He's just lingering. He's not a guy who gets open. He's not a guy who imposes his will unless it's on the offensive glass. So I think the small ball has definitely figured them out. And I got the Lakers. Oh my God, you guys got eliminated a minute ago. I got the Clippers in Game Six at home. I think Paul George is going. Yeah, I think Paul George is going to have about twenty five points, twelve rebounds, eight assists. I think Morris is going to hit a couple threes. Reggie's going to show up. T man, he usually plays better at home. Luke Kennard also. I think this is going to be a big time effort, and they're going to take it home in L A. All right. Well, I'll start with Paul George because yeah, as a man, you know, so respect. You, you say things. Yeah, apologize to him. You got to be willing to to admit when you're wrong, and Paul George probably had the single greatest game of his his life. Truthfully. The only other game that I think rivals this would be that first game against uh, Miami back in the day when he was on Indiana, uh, when he went back and forth with LeBron all night. But I felt like this one was more defining because this one was really an individual, like, you know Kawhi's not going to be playing. It's possible that Kawhi's not going to be around for the for the rest of the postseason. And Paul George is the man on this squad, and he has to take that responsibility of being the primary ball handler being the guy that's going to be taking a good portion of the shots. He's got to be the guy that's also going to try and incorporate his teammates so that to get him get them some confidence. So if they want to make a push at the the championship, he's going to need all the, these guys to to come along with him. And you look at a guy like Reggie Jackson, who's definitely playing the best basketball of his career. You look at Morris, who, who looks like the Morris of, of old. Uh, Batum has provided some decent minutes for him. He had a plus 13 yesterday. Terrence Mann came out of nowhere yesterday, had a really solid game, plus 15. And they're not even utilizing guys like Rondo, who, who at the trade deadline they thought would be uh, a, a good piece for them, and he only played nine minutes. Zubak, like you mentioned, they moved to a, a small ball lineup to adjust to Utah's roster. He only played eight minutes, and, and, and they're dominating on all aspects of the game. Um, Paul George was incredibly efficient. Uh, his three-point shooting... Well, I, Three for nine, not bad. I, I would like it to be a little bit up, or if that's going to be the case, bring the volume down and just keep being aggressive the way he has been. The mid-range game for him has been unbelievable this postseason. Uh, I I don't know if I'm willing to go all in on the Clippers winning this series. 
I'm going to sound a little bit of a hater right now. It's it's possible that Paul George just had one of those games where he just realized that his his legacy was on the line and he had to get one without Kawhi because then he would be Kawhi's sidekick for the rest of his career. That's how people like me would see Paul George. But he he made a statement. He 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 really proved to people like me that he really is is a different breed of, of basketball player. But I I think Utah's going to make the adjustments that they have to. I hope that this Donovan Mitchell injury isn't as bad as it, it looked last night because they obviously need him. Conley's going to have to try try and give it a go. Game six. Also, I feel like like I mentioned the last show. I feel like he just needs to take the ball out of Donovan's hands to let Donovan create something on his own off ball. Or just let someone else take some shots that are going to take off uh, Donovan Mitchell. Because Donovan Mitchell, these last few games, his field goal percentage has been under 40. He, he really hasn't looked as efficient as he, as he has in Game 1, Game 2. So I, I think that Utah is going to make the adjustments. They've been the best team in the NBA all season long. I think that they're going to take Game 6. And I think they take Game 7. Because I think Ka- missing Kawhi is going to be that, that missing piece that the Clippers are really going to need. There is no doubt that the Clippers are going to win this series because they have momentum. And Tyron Lue has proven to be a coach that is great at making adjustments the further the playoff series goes, the opposite of what Doc Rivers was. And last year when Doc got fired and Tyron Lue was hired, this was one of the questions. Will Tyron Lue be able to make the adjustments that Doc Rivers has failed to make? And now in Philly, you see what Philly's going through right now. Even though I don't put the blame on Doc, we'll get into that later. Still, Tyron Lue has proven himself to be a very good coach. But I think Paul George is coming out for blood. I think he's a carnivore. I don't think he's a herbivore like the Bucks. And Paul George knows You're saying that you need the Bucks to win tonight. Yes. Yeah. Good karma. <laughs> but they don't smell blood tonight. Their their back is against okay. the wall. Yeah, they, they smell blood that you know, day, but they a deer, really, a deer is gonna humbled. defend itself. Yeah, true. But it's not gonna go after uh-huh. meat. Okay. Um but yeah, Paul George knows that this is a legacy series for him, not right. only game. To beat the Jazz, the number one seed without Kawhi, that would be huge for him. And I posed a question on Twitter yesterday. What if Paul George leads this Clippers team to the finals? We what need would to that, stop the slander, what, what would that? What would that mean what, for what Paul else, George's what legacy? Would, what else could anyone say? Truthfully? Just think about this. Every great NBA player in NBA history has always had one all-time great run. Correct. Dirk Nowitzki, people forget, but before he won that championship, he was labeled as a guy who couldn't get it done. He was an MVP done. and lost in the first round. Didn't he go to the finals against D-Wade that first time? And lost four straight. Yep. They yeah. won, They was up 2-0, and then D-Wade just went bananas. So people forget that Dirk was labeled as a guy who couldn't get it done. Paul George right now is labeled as that same guy, and with the injuries to Brooklyn right now, if let's say Brooklyn advances to the, to the conference finals, they face Atlanta. Could the And Atlanta... Um, moves on because Brooklyn is injured. Oh my God! Could the Clippers beat the Hawks? Lit. Oh my God! Could if the Clippers happens, beat the Hawks? Oh, I would be. I think. Uh, are you genuinely it, asking? No, it could happen. I'm saying it, it could. No, it definitely could happen. I just think that. Who would you put your money on? I've been sleeping on the Hawks well too 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 long. I probably I, pro- I would go Atlanta honestly. I'm going Clips, man. I, I can't stay. I can't run away from that now. Yeah, That'd be the best say. chance though, because if we go see Nets and Katie and Harden gets healthy and then Katie, it's over. We're gonna probably anything go that's not the Nets. Is yeah, because we're not. Chance. We don't have Kawhi. But if we play Atlanta, even if we play Philly, I think we'll still be okay. But I think if we play the Nets, and then we don't have Kawhi, it's five games. Yeah. Yeah, it's not looking too good. I I do agree. I think Tyron Lue, he's definitely 
And people used to say in Cleveland, you know, it was the LeBron show. He wasn't a good coach. They just had LeBron. But I think what he's proven right now is he's a really, really good coach. He's one of the best coaches in the league. And next year, he's definitely going to have that standard to maintain. He's building a different culture that Doc Rivers couldn't build in L.A. So I think that's good. But, you know, the the, the simple thing is, you're right, Paul George smells blood. Marcus Morris smells blood. Reggie Jackson smells blood. Like, these guys have figured Utah out, and they're – they're hitting shots at a ridiculous rate. You know, they have a chance to win four straight games. And I think Utah just can't, you know, with the injuries to Donovan Mitchell, his ankle, with Mike Conley out, they just don't have enough of a go-to guy down the stretch to really get it going. You know, they had a great season. They were a number one seed. But it's just, it's, it's over. And now with the Chris Paul COVID thing, the Clippers could, if they win tomorrow night, they can see Phoenix without having Chris Paul. It's possible for that. So if they can steal a game or two in Phoenix and then go back to L.A., that could definitely make it a chance for them to win that without, series. Without Kawhi, I just feel like a championship run is so slim. Oh, it God. is slim. It is so slim. It can slim. happen. But we thought winning game five was slim. What percentage would you give it without Kawhi? 32? Without Kawhi? I give about 32. I guess 30. I, I don't know. I guess 32% chances okay. is around I was going to say definitely less to. than. I think if, if Chris Paul is out, right, for like, say, to get to the finals. To get to the finals. Yeah. If Chris Paul is out for one or two games and they steal one of them in Phoenix. I was gonna say I was gonna say twenty. I think they could do it. I would bet on Phoenix though. I would too. I, I just I wouldn't be surprised. The way though. the I just don't know if I can confidently say that Reggie Jackson's gonna be this Reggie Jackson. The well, he's been. He has he has been, been in his, he's and great in the playoffs. I, I'm shocked at this, truthfully. And Morris too. And I think would you but, take Westbrook or Jackson in the playoffs? I can't believe you, you really gotta stop it on air. You gotta stop asking. I'm being honest. I this know is a you serious are. question. I'm taking Russ. I'm not gonna say anything other than Russ. I'm not gonna answer the question. You wouldn't take Reggie Jackson over Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. Me? I would take Reggie Jackson over Russell. The way he's playing right now, like there's a reason why Rondo isn't playing. You know, Paul George unlocking that playmaking ability and Reggie Jackson being that go-to yep. guy at the one. They don't really need the Rondo that they thought we thought we all thought they were getting at the deadline, a playmaker that can create. He's really, you know, he's right now he's just on the bench having a Jared Dully role, you know, just there for mentorship, leadership, talk to team man, yeah, yep. coaching. But I like right now it's looking like this lineup of PG, Batum, Morris, Jackson, T Man or Kennard or Pat Bev. These are the guys he's rolling with. And the tallest guy is Paul George, and he's out rebounding Rudy Gobert, bro. Yeah, not easy. Like Marcus Morris has been on him though. No, I'm just saying, like, he's out-rebounding. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Like, so it's like, you know, it, it's going to, I think it's going to cause trouble for Phoenix if they do win because, yep. you know, they got another big guy down there with DeAndre, but he crashes the boards, he's too. He's very athletic. But I think small ball is going to kind of mess him up, too, but they can also go small ball, too. Cam, so, Cam Johnson. Yeah, Phoenix is going to is gonna have, I think Phoenix, I think Monty Williams and Phoenix, I think with Quinn Snyder, it's just hard for him because he doesn't really have a small ball lineup yep. that can really match the Clippers, but I think Phoenix does. It's because you really can't take Gobert out of the lineup. You can't. That's their guy. Yeah. And, and with Phoenix, they don't have to take Aiden out, but they can because you can play Cam, Crowder, Bridges at that 3-4-5 spot. Mm-hmm. So they can match up a little bit better with the Clippers. So I think they can. Monty Williams will be able to adjust and adapt to that situation. Quinn Snyder is just in a tough position because he, you know, his 7-8 guys at the end, Derek Favors, Niang, they shouldn't really yeah, not be in the it. game, but yeah. you got to throw them in there. So it's it's tough for him. A team that everybody's been sleeping on, including myself, has been the Atlanta Hawks. I thought they would have been a first-round exit because 
I thought my Knicks would have beat them. That man right there, Julius Randle, you're covering the jersey, but there's a Julius Randle jersey right there. They didn't perform nearly up to par against the Hawks. But the Hawks had a Game 4 18-point comeback against the Sixers and a Game 5 26-point comeback against them as well. And everybody wants to talk about Philly and what they're doing wrong, but nobody seems to look in the Hawks' direction and say, no, they have to be doing something right if they're coming back from these enormous leads. So what do you think they're doing right? And what's been the key to their resiliency? I think it's just been resiliency. Like I think it's just been like what you said it, like aggressiveness, staying to the staying the course, staying to the mission. Nate McMillan, a guy who we used to, you know, say he's a guy that would get you to the playoffs, but he'll probably lose in the first round. He's been phenomenal as a coach. Trey Young has been phenomenal as a leader. You know, I was I was one of the guys that was low on Trey Young. I, I felt like he couldn't win games, but he's definitely proved me wrong. You know, first half they're going down, but they're still pursuing, pursuing. Kevin Herter, he's been really good. It's calling the Red Robin. That's my boy. Losing DeAndre Hunter, I thought the series is over. A guy who can guard one through four, I thought he was their primary defender. Losing him, I thought that'd be big. But Clint Capella, John Collins, shout out to them. Kevin Herter, Lou Will, you know, he's brought that leadership, that yep. veteranship. Trey Young, who's Growing up in our eyes, the same with what we see with Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker. He's putting on the show for these guys. But I think the reason why they're coming back, I think it's Atlanta. They deserve their credit. But I think it's a combination of Philly just doing everything wrong and falling apart at the wrong time. You know, last game in the second half, Joel Embiid and Curry, the only guys who are scoring. And they have a serious, serious Ben Simmons problem where he is just, he is not a factor in the offense. You know, I thought rolling out of Seth Curry, Shake Milton and B Tobias Harris and maybe Thibault, maybe, but rolling out a lineup like that because Ben Simmons, he's just not aggressive enough. And when he's not aggressive, he's just a guy who doesn't need to be guarded. He doesn't even cut to try to get an offensive rebound. So this is a guy who's really holding this team back and holding Embiid back, in my opinion. But I think Doc, I don't even think Doc Rivers, I think he can get some blame, obviously, because he's the coach. But I really think this falls on the players right now because you're up big in two back to back games. Embiid goes cold the first game. Then you let uh, Embiid and Curry Flair go in the mid-side because Tobias Harris, who's supposed to be one of your go-to guys down the stretch, he comes up cold in the second half. And then Ben Simmons, he's just out there doing a whole lot of running around. <laughs> so it, it's, you know, it's tough. Game six is in Atlanta. Atlanta is a really good team at home. So uh, they're going to have to make some adjustments. Doc Rivers can't let, realistically, he can't let this happen again because this will be two years in a row. I just feel like Philly's big issue right now is they get comfortable. They've had big leads these last these last couple games, and each time they've gotten too comfortable. And then once Atlanta flips that switch, they're not able to to recover. And and once Trey Young gets going, once Bogdanovich gets going, Gallinari could let it go too. Lou Will had an amazing fourth quarter last night. John Collins has just been very consistent throughout this entire series. It's Philly gets this huge lead. They think that, you know, obviously they're playing an inferior team in the Hawks, which I do believe the Sixers are a better team than the Hawks. You you can't take a hot team and, and take them lightly. The Hawks are one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. If I had to go, I'd say the Suns are the hottest team in the NBA, followed by the Atlanta Hawks. The, the Hawks have just been shooting the ball lights out. Uh, Trey Young, like, like River said, he covered all the bases. This man, Trey Young, has been... He's playing some of the best basketball I've ever seen in the playoffs, truthfully. At such a young age, at such a young age, I, I should well, I should clear up. Very true, but he's winning. 
Yeah. He doesn't have the supporting cast that, that Trey has, but regardless, I wouldn't say he has it's this. It's not far off, though. Bogdanovich is probably better than every Tim Hardaway was balling, though. I'm taking Bogdanovich personally and John Collins. The Hawks have a way better roster. I agree. I think so, way better? Yes. Yeah. Clint Capella, I'm not, Gallinari. I'm, I'm not, dis- not going to say you're wrong with Tim Hardaway Jr., though. That man I don't think Dallas is bad, ball. though. And, and Porzingis, Bogdanovich, course. Gallinari, Collins, mm-hmm. Capella. Mm-hmm. Bogdanovich, if I didn't mention him already. Yep. Yeah. Lou Will, DeAndre Hunter. He's not playing right now, but that's the guy. I don't, I don't think Dallas' uh, supporting cast is bad, though. It's just not No, it's, just, it's not Atlanta. Yeah. I think though. they just ran in the, um, the Clippers twice. That, and yeah. you're 100% right. Clippers are just a better overall squad than And they're they running into Philly right now. So to get to my point, I still believe Philadelphia is going to win this series. Mm. Philly just has t- has just got to continue to put the pedal to the metal the entire game. Enough of when you get this huge lead, that's it, we're cruising. They lost last night's game on top of Doc not making adjustments. Tobias Harris shot 2 of 11. It's He's been one of their most consistent players aside from Joel Embiid, even though he's it's been... Uh, uh, he came back to life last game. It's been a... Uh, I'm blanking on the word, but regard, a pattern. There we go. It's been a pattern where... Joel Embiid goes cold, they lose the game. Tobias Harris, their second number two option, goes cold, they lose the game. It's You need these two guys, especially when Ben Simmons is not the scorer that everyone wants him to be. He's not that kind of player, and he's not going to adapt to that game because that's not his game. He's a playmaker. That's just what he's going to do. 9-8-1-2. That's just, what he, that, that's just how Ben is. You look at Seth Curry, he's been unbelievable for them. Why don't you defer to... to 3-4. To Seth a little bit more. Why don't you defer to 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 Tobias more? That's 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 how Philadelphia is going to win this series. But when when you have Tobias going two of eleven and and Ben and him combining for twelve points, it's not a recipe to win. But I do believe Philadelphia is still going to win. They just have to be the, the the Sixers that play through three quarters instead of that fourth quarter. Unfortunately, this series should have been over in five. Truthfully, Easy. it should have been over in five. But Philly can't hold the lead. But instead of bashing Philly, I want to credit Atlanta because I think they've been doing a lot of things right. For one, they've been they've been taking advantage of Ben Simmons so much. I mean, for one, hack a Ben, that's one of them. But then yesterday, what I saw in Game Five, what I saw in Game Five is that okay, when Ben Simmons is in the game, they hack a Ben. Now you force Doc to take him out. Shake Milton comes in. Kill now him. that's food. And because Ben Simmons is. Can't he can't do nothing on offense, and Seth Curry, even though he's been playing great, you know what he's gonna do. It gives Nate McMillan the option to go with the lineup of Lou Will and Trey. In no other series against a good backcourt are you going with Trey and Lou Will because they cannot guard anybody. But against Philly, you can do that because Simmons is not gonna do anything. Simmons is not taking a field goal in the fourth quarter in the past two games. He's not even taking a shot. And you look at Simmons, 414 from the line. That can't happen. And this was an interesting stat. The Hawks, this entire playoffs, have missed 35 free throws. Ben Simmons alone has missed 45. That's how much of a liability Ben Simmons has been at the charity strike. Suck. And so strong. <laughs> Trey Young, game four and game five, started out cold. But what has made Trey Young so impactful is that he always gets it going. And no matter how bad he's shooting, because he's such a great passer, he gets his teammates going like that in game four, 25 and 18. Then you look at game five, he has 39 and seven. I mean, Trey Young is a primetime player 
He wants those big time moments. And right now he's proven it. Ben Simmons is supposed to be a DPOI. He was runner up at least. Kept talking and about Trey it. Young was killing him the entire game. How does Philly have three all world defenders on paper and they, they give up 40 points in one quarter? But what I've also been noticing about Atlanta is that in each one of their wins, certain guys have been stepping up. Like you look at game one, it was Bogdan Bogdanovich and Trey Young and Collins. Collins has been steady this entire series. Game four, it was Trey, Bogdan, and Huter. And game five, it was Lou, Danilo, and Collins. And they've been waiting for Danilo, Danilo to have a very, very good playoff performance because not only in this series, not only in last series, but Gallinari for his career has been very underwhelming in the playoffs. And in game five, he showed up. And this is without DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish. Even though I'm not as high as I, with, I'm not as high as on Cam Reddish, I think he's a good defender. But DeAndre Hunter, that's 16 points per game right there. And Atlanta's beating Philly. And this is a testament to the resiliency, how good Trey Young is team. at so, so young. young. And their pieces just fit. Let me ask you a question. Because I saw this post the other day. Do you, does this team remind you of the 2012-2013 Warriors? No. That was pretty straightforward. It, it, it just doesn't. I think they're a different team. They have different players. No, what I mean by that is like the the rise. Performance. Yeah, the rise of how they're coming. You know, jumping on the scene. It's not, it's not too far-fetched to say. Because I understand. If you want to go player by player, you got Trey. It's, not even, it's not even a player by player. I don't think so because. Okay. That year they beat they Denver. The, okay. And they I'm, were the underseed. They faced the Knicks. In the first round, who had no offensive threat outside of Randall, and he played horrible. But look at it like this: the Knicks were the favorites. Yeah, I, I think we can all agree. I, I Not by much. Okay, but I'm saying the Knicks were the higher seed. The Steph, Nuggets were a very good team that year, and that's what I'm saying. They go, but they go in as the, they weren't the favorites. They have nothing. They're underdogs, so they have nothing to lose. The Hawks have been overlooked. They, this we, they win playoffs. that series, then they go play the Spurs, and they give the Spurs hell. The, 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 that same Spurs team that went to the. That gave the, the Heat hell. Yeah, they yes. gave that Spurs team hell the same way Atlanta is giving this team hell. And there's a bunch but of young Philly guys is, coming up. Philly, they're pretenders. I, I can't agree with that. The Spurs were contenders. Correct. That's I'm, fair. I'm, That's not, fair. That's I'm fair. with you. I'm and with the you. Sixers, to me, have been pretenders. Even if they would have beat Atlanta. In they five? Yeah. You're calling them pretenders if they win in yes. five. Yes, because they would have lost to Milwaukee or Brooklyn. I don't know about that. Brooklyn or Milwaukee are the ones that are, are going to healthy. Finals. Brooklyn, looking at Milwaukee, are we sure they was going to beat Philly? Yes, without a, a doubt. Healthy, yes. A healthy Brooklyn, yes, easy, no question. Wait, you guys right were now, just KD was beating Philly. That's what I'm saying. KD could beat. Yes, he J- can. No, <laughs> hey, I've seen, I've seen the Nets bench players beat Philly fully healthy. So by the regular season, yeah, we still seen it though. We still seen it. Like, what, what? else can we go by? Off, come go on, by. but come we on, we still seen it. Regular season, postseason basketball, you know, is really different. Seen for the those, Sixers, wait, apparently those are, not. Are those the That's same? Ro- are those the same role players like Joe Harris and them? Because Joe Harris is playing like garbage the last three games. It was with Karis Levert. Oh come on! They beat him starting with. Uh, they beat him starting TLC. And, and I'm, Jared, I'm assuming Jared Allen was on the squad too. I think that was so, the old boys. I believe the, so. The, the pre-Harden guys. Yes, or I think it was just after the Harden trade, but it didn't play that game. Mm. So, I mean, either way, Philly, to me, from the beginning of the year, even when they were the first seed, like, towards the end of the year, I always thought they were pretenders. I didn't, I, I, I don't just, see them as a I'm threat just, at I'm, all. I just think, like, with a team, you know, jumping on the map like that, two years don't make the playoffs. Third year, they get in, making a, making some noise, you know, beating the Knicks, Trey Young having a phenomenal performance, and then giving the number one seed, whether we call them pretender or not, there's a number one seed in the East, giving them hell to pay. I think this team is definitely 
you know, proving everybody wrong and shutting doubters up. And this is this is a sneaky Eastern. I mean, I think we, we can all agree they're still pretenders because we don't think they're going to beat the Nets or Milwaukee if they come out. You're saying the Hawks? Yeah, or, we're talking about the okay. Hawks. But I'm, but still, this is a, this is a run that they can definitely carry over into next year and the year after because this is a team full of aside from Gallinari. Lou Will, this is a young, even Capella's like 26. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, this is a young, young team. So oh, yeah, yeah. That, this that's team is going to get no better. Doubt about Would you it, be but... surprised if the Hawks beat or played Milwaukee and beat them? Yes. You'd be surprised. 100%. I can't be surprised at this point with anything the Hawks do. But do, well, do, who do you say? Well... Because beyond, like, there's, I don't want to say there's a real blueprint to stop Giannis. I think. But John Collins and Clint Capella double teaming him in the paint would be a very good. But I think the Nets are beating Milwaukee because they have Kevin Durant. Of course. They have the best player in the series. I think if we go play, they go play Atlanta, uh, Trey Young is uh, is great, but I think Giannis would be the best player in this series. And you think Drew would have Trey Young giving him more difficulty than Ben's giving him? Or do you think? I think think Drew's a better defender than Ben Simmons. And he he guards guards very, very well. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, I think, yeah. Okay. I just don't think Atlanta has faced a playoff competition that I. I would have liked them to face to say that, yeah, they're up and coming. They're scary. They're, they're this, definitely up they're and coming, that. though. The six, no, they are. Yeah. Given the the Sixers as much of a series. But you picked Philly to win. I did. So you got to give them some exactly. credit. I picked Philly to win because they are the better team. They are. Atlanta they are, is they, winning. They've but, played like it until the fourth quarter. Yes. Philly has been the better team, but they just choke. That's terrible. That they Bad. should they should have beat Atlanta in five. This should yeah. this should have this series should have ended already. But if Atlanta would have faced a if they would have had a uh, a journey of facing Miami in the first round, and then facing Milwaukee or Brooklyn in the second, and giving them a challenge, okay, I I give it to them a little bit more. But I think right now, even though Atlanta's been playing great, I think this has really been more on Philly, mm. not putting the pedal to the metal, not finishing off games. That's why I can't compare it to that Golden State run because well, then, I'd, then I'd be foreshadowing a, a dynasty. And not, well, I wouldn't say foreshadow. I think just the rise of how they came into the league and Trey Young has developed and the, all the young guys are just coming together. I think they kind of have the same type. Because even all those guys, Steph, Clay, Dre, those were young guys coming in. So I think that just – I wouldn't say they're going to be a dynasty – but they have a lot of young talent that can definitely develop and keep them in contention. You don't think if they keep this core together, they can't run the East for years to come? No. It depends. They're young. Because I feel like the Nets are going to run the East next year. I agree. Fully healthy. I agree. And then after that, I think they're all friends enough where they'll stay. And even if they don't stay, you still have the Knicks. We don't know what the Knicks are going to do. The only person that scares me is Collins because Collins purposely did not. Boston still has two young, yep. talented wings. You don't know what they're going to do. Toronto, if they draft Cade, I feel like they're back in it immediately, not in play. Like they're in back in playoff contention and they still have a lot of good talent. So it's, I can't say, I think they'll be in the playoff picture for a long time from now. I think they'll be like that, but I don't know if they'll be a championship team. Okay. Philadelphia blew with 25. 25- 26-point lead in Game 5. And simple question, do you think that Doc Rivers is to blame for these blown leads? They also blew an 18-point lead in Game 4, so it's been a lot of blowing by the Sixers. <laughs> so how do you feel about Doc Rivers? Is he the guy that you should blame? And fans and everybody, the media, should be blaming for their losses. The coach is always going to get blamed, and I think he definitely deserves blame for the fact that he doesn't make adjustments, but I don't think it goes all on him because 
he did have his best players out in that court and they didn't show up. So I don't think that blame goes to him. But I think he has to realize at a point, Ben Simmons is really not good on the offensive end. So if he's not offering you something, you got to throw out a different line. You got to make adjustments. This has been a theme that's happened to you in your Clippers days, towards the end of your Boston days. Like, this is a, a consistent theme. You didn't blown 3-1 leads. You didn't lost where you were the best team in the series. You didn't blown big leads like the 26-point lead, the 18-point leads. Like, you didn't basically win to team, team. You've had talented teams, and you haven't been able to capitalize. This can't be another year. And I think, honestly, if they lose this one, I don't see Doc Rivers being there next year. In his first year, you think he's gone already? Even though I'll take, but I think if they lose the series, he gets fired. I disagree. I think that they will give Rivers another year. I don't think they but should. But Ben is out. Ben is one hundred percent out of. I think one of, one of, one of them is going to be gone next year. It has to be because it's, it's it's no point. Yeah, I want to. I want before I continue. I'm oh, sorry, man, but Doc no Rivers worries. called these two guys Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like that's what he said. He said Ben Simmons is like Magic. And he said this duo is like Magic and Kareem. And Beat is not far off from that. Completely. I understand I that part. But it's the other part that's killing if me. He just knew how to shoot the ball, man. Not even shoot the ball. Just knew how to be a... Magic Johnson, was he aggressive. wasn't... He was, he was just, just aggressive. aggressive. Correct. He could shoot, though. Yeah, he, he could really, shoot a little bit, but he, he was aggressive. You know, he's going to the rack. He's making plays. Ben Simmons is standing at the top of the three-point line and just waiting for a play to happen. That's horrible. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It's hard. It's that's hard your to guy. Watch. Explain that, though. It is. Listen, like I mentioned already when we were talking about him, I think that people don't realize that, or people He's are not that good. Uh, that's your opinion. Uh, <laughs> people, people have been scrutinizing him for not being the scorer, but if you really understand Philly basketball, he's not. He's not the second option. People want him to be the second option. He's not. He's not the third option right now. You're looking at the options right now. You go Embiid, obviously, Tobias, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons. And people could think that that's wrong because Ben Simmons was the number one overall pick. But in my opinion, Ben does so many other things on the court so much, so well that it makes up for it. But then you look at a game like last night and he misses 10 free throws and you lose the game by three. I can understand why people are getting on his on his butt. But in my opinion, because he does so many other things, I really am not going to... Like what? His defense is really good. I get Trey Young's been cooking him, but Trey Young is faster than he is. Don't stop. He is Stop. faster than him. Stop. Don't you dare use that as an excuse. This this is the guy who you said he Could can't score, but he, he does multiple things on the court. This man hasn't shown a lick of defense. A lick is Okay, strong. let me not say that. But this guy, he's been he's Trey's been cooked on the defensive cooking. end. True or false? He, his playmaking is like, all right, like you're passing it and the guy's wide open. Cool. I'll be it's, honest. I'll be honest. I don't know if anyone right now is stopping Trey Young. No one in the in the league is, is stopping him. I would put. Well, they've been stopping him for three quarters. Not really. I mean, game four and game five, he he's, didn't, he's, game he's four, hasn't game, been that amazing. Game, game, game four, four, he, he had a rough first quarter. First he, half. he had a rough first quarter. Second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. After they took him off the bench, he, he first quarter, he looked so you like think, garbage. Let me ask you a question. So if we plug in Drew Holiday, take out Ben Simmons. And we we just spoke about it, too. And now thinking about it, Trey Young's he's just too hot right now. No, but I'm saying like... You guys let him get hot. So what I'm saying is, like, we plug in Drew well, Holiday. I mean, any any number one option is going to get hot. They're going to keep shooting the ball. You know what I mean? So you think he'll cook Drew just like he's cooking Ben? It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it could happen. Could happen. The well, way that you he's thought, playing, you thought Drew was going to lock up Kyrie, and Kyrie was giving him fits. 
I mean, it's, I said he was going to lock him for a couple games. Scorer, he locked him for a great score. He didn't lock him for any. I was going to say the first two. He games, locked him in Milwaukee, bro. Ky- Kyrie's just missing shots. Um, so we're going to just say that about everything? Yeah. That, come on. I, come on. I, I'm with you though. Game one and game he was two, he was look. he was violated. Yeah, but, but come on, we're going to say that about every superstar that just they're just missing their shots. I mean, that's what happens. Also, oh, then nobody gets locked at this point. It depends. You could see it when it's happening. Because in my opinion, you you said Drew Holiday played good defense on Harden. He's playing yesterday. amazing and I defense. Agree, on but in Kyrie. my opinion, I just thought that Harden was missing shots. That's true. Exactly. Kevin Durant, game four, shooting nine for twenty six. Did he get locked up, or was he just missing? A little bit of both in that game. When, and you talk about in Milwaukee when PJ was doing yeah, his you thing. got us. He got he, locked up. Yeah, PJ, PJ did his locked thing. him up, bro. Stop. PJ did his thing. Now you're just discrediting. He these did defenders. his thing, but I'm saying that when you're that great of a player, sometimes you just miss their shots. I saw Kyrie well, okay. miss a lot of shots he usually makes. Yeah, but come on, bro. You can't just tell me two games he's cooking and in that third game he like, it's he's just missing. It's yeah, situational, come on, bro. But like you've definitely it depends, but some. you can see it when it's happening. You can see when a guy's right. really bothering somebody. But I mean, Drew, and he can't do anything. But Drew. Drew's been bothering him all season. He's serious. He's just making tough shots. But you're not going to make tough shots all the time. Uh, depending on who you are. You, you're just not going to make yeah, tough shots. Yeah, but when shots you all. see somebody locking somebody up, you can tell that they're in their heads. They are like they can't make nothing. They can't get into a groove. That hasn't been Kyrie. Okay. I mean, that hasn't been anybody then. If that's how you're going to base it off of. No, it's been some people before. Like who? PG last year. PG, you talk about when he's missing wide open jump shots? He got locked. You see how that makes no sense. I'm right? much, I, I did, P, PG was just missing shots. No, literally, he, he's never been. He's just missing shots. No, I agree. I PJ agree. Tucker I agree. definitely I'll, put I'll Katie in prison. Though I'll give you that. But now you can see the difference, though. That PG, he just he was just bad last yeah. year. But but, he but was come on, bro. But, up, though. but PG definitely. PJ. But I'm just saying, bad shooting nights doesn't mean you you were locked up. Kyrie Irving had a bad shooting night, but he wasn't locked okay, up. Okay, but Drew. all right, but good shooting nights doesn't mean you're getting cooked if you're there every play. I never said he you was just getting, said. I you never just said. said. So he, I said he was giving him fits. I didn't say he was getting cooked. Oh, okay. I, he was giving him fits. Oh, okay, I was just making sure. But it's obvious that Holiday can't check Kyrie. Nobody can. Uh, Clay can. No, he no, can't. No, can. no, no, he cannot. No, he can't. Can. 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 I'll pull Clay up can. the footage right you're now. You're going to pull up one series. I have three. One series, Christmas Day. That's all I have oh, to say. You're going to pull up one game. That's all bro. I have to say. Yeah, that was a good game. That's Can't do that, bro. I can, bro. But, but look at these stats. Last two games in the fourth quarter, Embiid shot 1 for 10, Tobias 0 for 5, and Simmons 0 for 0. You're not going to win like that. Tobias had four points in 38 minutes yesterday. Simmons 4 for 14 from the line. And these are Doc Rivers' past playoff blunders. And I've been seeing this all over Twitter. 2009 up 3-2 against Orlando. People blame this on Doc, but Kevin Garnett didn't play the entire series. Against a prime Dwight Howard, what do you expect? Honestly, 2010 they lost to the they lost in the finals to the to the Lakers up three two, but I mean game seven it was anybody's game. 2012 up three two on Miami, it's LeBron. 2014 they blew a 15 point lead to OKC in game five. I remember watching that and Chris Paul just choked. That was one of Chris Paul's few moments in the playoffs that, that I say that wow he really choked that game. 2015, he lost to the Rockets up 3-1. There's no excuse for that. That's Correct. the one series that I really say there's no excuse. What about, what about, what about when Clippers won two straight and then lost four straight to Memphis? That was with Vinny Del Negro. Oh, okay. Yeah, Rivers was not the coach. Then 2016, they were up 2-0 against the Blazers and lost. What people don't mention is that Chris Paul and Blake Griffin Correct. were hurt Correct. and missed the last two games of that series tied 2-2. So 
You know, when your best players are DeAndre Jordan and Alfaruka Minu, how do you expect to win? And then, no, not Alfred Gomino. DeAndre Jordan and I think Reddick no, were the right. best two. He was on the Blazers. Well, yeah, he yeah, was yeah, definitely yeah. on the Blazers. Then 2017, they lost Game 7 at home to Utah. People don't mention that Blake Griffin did not play in Game 7, and Chris Paul shot 31% from the field in that game. And then last year, blowing a 3-1 lead. You think it's his fault? Yeah, he gets blamed for that one. I think he gets slight blame, but I think, think Y PG just didn't show up. But I think his adjustments... That that was an adjustment series, and he didn't make any adjustments. When your players fail you, bro, sometimes your players just fail you. Because in my but, opinion, last night, the players failed Doc. But 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 at the same time, when you see players that when you're on the, when you put guys on the court and they're not doing with their job and you can easily sub them out and make a new adjustment, that's on you. You would have been happy if Doc pulled PG because he was no, so bad. No, I would have been so happy bad. if he pulled Montrez and Lou Will. That's what I would have been happy about. Okay. That's what I'm Even saying. Even though that's Lou why Will has been no, I, notoriously known for being clutch. He wasn't that good in the bubble. Last, I agree. That's, I agree. That's why I give him partial. I don't give him the full blame, but I give him blame for that one. Houston gets too. full blame. Correct. Yeah, full, he gets, he gets yeah, correct. full blame correct. for that one. But I think the bubble, he gets a little bit of blame but for all, that one. Like, I'm mentioning this because all of these playoff blunders, they don't take any context into account. It's very easy to pull up these this list and say Doc Rivers is a horrible coach, but most of these, they're reasonable. Like maybe the, the Houston one is not like that is fully on Doc. But what's happening right now is not on Doc Rivers. It's on Ben Simmons being a liability. Ability. It's on Seth Curry being your second best player. Well, let me ask you a question. Tobias is their second best player right but now. But Seth Curry's pl- their play- most reliable play- second best player. Let me ask you a opinion. question. But Tobias has been on fire. He had up four until points in 38 Agreed. minutes. Agreed. Agreed. No, <laughs> if, let, but look, I'm, if, I'm with you. If you're the, if Joel, if you're the coach, you're Doc Rivers. You realize Ben Simmons is a liability. Why do you continue to keep him in the game? The thing about it is that because either way you're gonna you're gonna lose, right? Because you have Ben Simmons out there, elite defense. Even though his defense on Trey Young was trash. Matisse plays better D on Trey Young. Trey Young was cooking Ben Simmons, cooking Ben Simmons. Matisse Thibault should be the primary yeah, he guy. He plays on better him. defense on him. But now when you take Ben out the game, now you put in Shake Milton, and now Shake Milton can't guard anybody. You don't have to put Shake in though. You really don't. Who would have you to. put in? Corkmas, I'm not. I'm not opposed on Corkmas, but his defense is iffy too. But if you need a bucket, I mean, if they're running John Collins and Compella, you can put Embiid and Dwight in. But then that clock. I would the pain. not put Embiid and Dwight in. Yeah, that clock the pain. I mean, Dwight Howard was one of the reasons they they blew the lead. Yeah, Dwight Howard was not no, catching was on any screen. Was he was not take. giving on any. Was terrible he was take. not giving any effort. So, like take. you mentioned about Seth Curry being a dog, he's been amazing for sure. But in. Uh, 36 last night, he had an unbelievable game. Or probably his best game of the season. 17, 12, 21, 21, 30, 10, 15, This is Tobias. No. No. That's Seth Curry. That, no, I know. Seth Curry has been amazing. No, Tobias has been 20, 21, 20, 21, 25, 20, 20. Up until last night, four. I won't be honest right here. The four is killing if, me. If I'm Seth, with you. If Seth Curry does not get traded to Philly, they're not the first seed. Uh, that's hot. I agree. They're not the first seed. He makes their offense go. May, I'm, I'm with you. Like it's Embiid, but you. Seth Curry's the guy who brings so much attention to, to the defense that he makes them go. So what, what lineup do you even roll out if Ben Simmons is a big liability? Bible, Seth Curry, Embiid, Harris, and then it's really Cork, Miles, or Milton at that point because Danny Green would be the other option. That's what's killing But the them. thing about it is that now if you take Simmons out the game, Shake Milton, he's your best option because he can handle the ball. Seth Cork, can handle it, but he's been Seth can so handle it, but you don't really want to have him. You don't really want him having that big of a responsibility. 
So it would be Shake Milton. Maybe George Hill is another option. George but Corkmoss can't handle the ball. Danny Green can't handle the ball. So those wouldn't be so great So what about options. a George Hill, Seth Curry, Matisse, Tobias, and B? That's their best lineup in the fourth. Yeah, it's like that's, Ben Simmons shouldn't be playing. You got a guy, George Hill can shoot the ball. He can handle the ball. He can play defense at a, a good a good, a good, good amount. Seth, Seth Curry, he can shoot the ball. He can handle the ball. Then you got Matisse. You put him on Trey Young. And then you got Tobias Harrison and B doing it. Because what I've seen is Matisse Thibault is the best defender on Trey Young. He is. Like easily, without a doubt in my mind, he is the best defender on Trey Young. He gives Trey problems. He gives him fits. That is their best guy on defense for the, for the season. So, I, like, it's at a point where... Doc is going to have to come to it, realize that Ben Simmons just has to sit down in the fourth quarter, like completely, because they're not going to win. Yeah, I agree. And I just personally feel like it's easy to pick on Doc Rivers, pick on Doc Rivers, but I really don't think this is a him thing. I think this is a Sixers personnel thing, and it's showing up right now that this team plays with no heart, and they're missing Jimmy Butler. Like they he, kept him. They, you, you look at every great team that has won in the NBA – they have that one guy on the team that is the enforced, that is the heart and soul. Chris Paul with the Suns, Draymond with the Warriors when they went on that you know crazy run. Philly does not have that. Embiid, you're looking to Embiid and Ben Simmons to be those guys, but Ben Simmons is not that guy. Tobias Harris is disguised as J. Cole. He's in his thoughts all the time. And Embiid... Really? <laughs> and Embiid, he's just not vocal like that. He he's a great player, but he's not a leader. So you need an enforcer. You need a a Derek Fisher. Seth is not that either. So what? Yeah, you know who that is? Derek Ben. Ben's that guy. He ben just can't. Anyways, can't Ben score. can't. Ben is not a leader. He can't score. Let me ask you a question. Wrong. Ben is a leader. How's he a leader? Oh God. What do you mean? He's a floor general for a reason. Point guard is the leader of the squad, especially Ben. Not every point guard is the leader of the squad. So Kyrie was a leader of the Nets. It's a good question. Uh, it's an easy it, answer. No. I don't know, man. I don't know about Steph that. Steph Curry was a leader of the Warriors? It was Draymond. He's you a point can't, guard. You can't be a leader of a team and you're taking zero shots in the fourth quarter in the past two games. That's point guard is, the point guard okay, may so be the... Draymond f- was the leader. Is he really taking baskets in the fourth quarter? He's different. He's, he's yelling. He's, he's not screaming. A liab- he's, he's not that bad of a liability. He will take the shot. I trust him. And believe. he's getting... He will take the shot. I've Draymond seen Draymond hit big shot. time shots. In 2016. No, he, I've seen him hit big time shots. He took a floater. I'll tell you what. The, he, other- the, biggest <laughs> shot, the, the biggest shot I've seen him hit in, in recent history was... Against Grizz- the Grizzlies, when do you he, not remember he, the Grizzlies when he took the floater? Yeah, yeah, he will, and, he will take. And, at least he'll missed. take this, but at least he'll take the shot. He's not afraid to take the shot. Draymond is a top five defender of all time. He's that an, too. He's an enforcer. And he's a great playmaker. And he's a great rebounder. He's he's Ben, ben Simmons is a ben, poor man. Ben is having an all time bad series, and all of a sudden people are going off on this he's narrative. How many times has he had an all all time bad series? Did he have zero me? points in a playoff game? Ben Simmons has no, been doing this in Boston. He definitely did. All right, let's look it up then. Ben Simmons has been bad in the playoffs. This isn't new. He was a bad bounce away from the ECF. No, Jimmy Butler, Butler was a bad bounce away from the ECF. Don't do that. Let's see. Because I'm pretty sure Ben had a stats. triple-double in that game. Boys poop. Look at his playoff stats. Boys doodle. He's just not good, bro. When are you going to realize not that? Not good is strong. He's not playing good right now. I can name and 40 NBA players better. How many? 40. 40? My boy actually sent me a list of 30 guys that he thought was I could better probably than probably add to that. Maybe, man. His first playoff series, he averaged 16 a game, which 16, 9, and 7, which was good, but he shot 48% from the field. What's That's wrong not with that? good. 48% it takes from mostly the field, layups. But 48% from the field. That's not so, good. So if he was shooting 50 flat, you'd be okay with it. 
Most big men who it's are down low, percent. but he's he's not he's not even taking jump shots. But that was back no. in the day when he was shooting floaters from the mid range. He was he was letting it you go. Sick to my stomach. I'm just but being honest. 2018-2019, he averaged 14, seven and six. He shot he shot 62 percent from the field. So that was that's good. That was that's good. really good. And then this right now he's shooting 13. He he's shooting he's a uh, he's averaging 13 points per game, eight rebounds and eight assists. And shooting sixty four percent from so, the field, like I said, which but, I, but like I, these numbers, I feel like are deceiving because I'm watching Ben Simmons play this, like garbage. Recently, a recency bias is allowing you to say this because no. I'm with you. He's been playing like trash this series. He's been playing very bad. So now all of a sudden he starts playing bad, and people are going to flip this narrative that Ben's not good because he can't score. And and Trey is is doing his thing uh, against Ben Simmons. He's the number one overall pick. And that uh, okay, but he does so many other things. You're gonna die on the hill with. Ben I am. Simmons, I have you? no choice. He does one thing: play great on ball defense. Okay. That's what he and does. We have not seen that. So he it, does not. He's, he's not a great shooter. He's not aggressive enough to be a great scorer. He's not even a good scorer. I'm with you. I and I've been very consistent with that. His playmaking ability is very overrated because Draymond. When you watch Golden State games, the offense runs through Draymond in terms of like he's the one passing the ball. He's at the top of the key. They give Ben Simmons these easy assists where he's on a block and he just passes to a guy and they shoot. He's not over there. He's not getting into the teeth of the defense. He's not dribbling into them and creating you know open shots. But for he guys. plays on the block now. This man has an eighteen per. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, this guy's number one overall pick. We're talk, we're comparing him to a second round pick in Draymond. It wasn't zero you know, points. Okay, but that's a rare case where Draymond's a Hall of Famer. Drew, I can name so many. Me, it wasn't zero points. He had one point. Who? Isaiah Thomas. God. He had one point. It wasn't zero. It was one. Dylan Brooks is better than Ben. Dylan you're Brooks allowing, is better than you're Ben. Allowing one playoff no, series to. I'm to telling say you, this. Dylan Brooks is better than Ben. He played 31 minutes. He had one point. So, <laughs> that's a bad game. I would literally trade Ben Simmons for a ham sandwich. For, clearly, no. I would if I was Philly. <laughs> like, if I was Philly, I would try and trade Ben Simmons for Dylan Brooks, and I guarantee you, Memphis wouldn't accept. Really, they wouldn't Memphis accept Memphis, who didn't make. Who, you have who to remember, they have John Moran. Seed. They wouldn't. They accept. would not accept Ben Simmons for Dylan Brooks as an they eight seed Memphis. If Dylan Brooks was really built like that, I mean, the the Sixers are a one seed. And if you're gonna say that that's in spite of Ben Simmons, you didn't watch the you didn't watch them at all, at all. You can replace Ben Simmons with the marginal upgrade Let me offensively. You, uh, so you can find someone that's six ten. Well, that was that was gonna lead to my question. What would be if you say Ben Simmons goes on the trade market right this offseason? What would be the Phillies' best bet to get? Like, what should they look for? A wing or a guard? Like, what should a they guard, look for? Easy. Like, a guard. You, you're gonna say I'm what crazy. kind of guard though? You, a scoring guard. You have to go after guard? Dame. You have to go They're after Dame. You're not going to get Dame with Ben Simmons. You, you, not, could, you could go you after could. Dame, but at this point, they could probably they'll probably have to settle for Kemba. I saw you, I saw you say that. It's Simmons, uh, Tatum, and Brown. What do you think about that? That's I mean that's a big lineup. Defensive lineup on paper. Yeah. That's crazy. That'd be lit. No, it wouldn't. Because exactly the same He's thing. He's clogging ben, up the space. He doesn't have to. All he has to do is pass the ball to Tatum and, and start Tristan and Thompson. Oh, and he could be the center. Ben Simmons is like a center, bro. He could, exactly. No, he's not a center, though. Who? Simmons is He's not. not, but I'm saying he plays on offense like a center. Correct. He's down low with Correct. Tristan Thompson. He wouldn't need to score. Yeah, but it's still... Like he doesn't have to do with the 76ers. it's still going to create double teams. You're not going to worry about Ben Simmons and Tristan Thompson. I mean, on the block, you're not going to worry about Ben Simmons at all? No. Nah. Really? Not really. No. The way he's playing right now, I understand why you're yeah, saying it's that. It's probably going to carry on to next year. 
I mean, we'll see. Well, right now, you got to stop. Right, this. a couple <laughs> a couple years ago, Ben Simmons was viewed as this prize possession. Next LeBron. Now, Man, now he off. now he's uh, still stay on that. Now he's that T shirt that's at a vintage shop. But in a couple of years, he's gonna be that guy that's in like the bucket for like the needless kids to get. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna want him. He's gonna be that guy in the NBA that people he, he's gonna be looked at as a liability. Mm. It's over for Ben Simmons. It's sad because he's over. really OD and two K. He is. Like he's got to do it for old, no reason. Old RT, run to the basket. So whack. So is Giannis as well. At least Giannis puts up 28 a game. It's respectable. No, uh-huh. yeah, Giannis, you can't knock his game that much because he's doing his thing. Uh-huh. He gives he's it there. all. The difference between the two is that Giannis is aggressive. Ben's not. That's really it. It's not just that, but I feel you. I mean, what else is there? Because they both really, their jump shot, I mean, I think you and I shoot better than them. Giannis <laughs> is a better ball handler than Ben. I'm so dead serious. You want me to pull up the tape of, of him uh, having Blake Griffin? That, that just play means he doesn't have moves. There's nothing wrong with you if ball you don't have handling, moves. handling, you're going to take Giannis over Ben? Yes. Ball handling is just not some moves. wild things No, today. I'm saying, look at look at Giannis in the fast break. There's nothing more dangerous. I, I will tell you who's no, more literally. dangerous. No, literally. Well, Steph's three. Ben. Ben is what? On the fast break is more dangerous. Then, then who? Ball handling? Like, you're saying that on a, on a three-on-one... You want Giannis running that middle part? That, what the? F- that, yes, that. he's gonna dunk it over ben, on a three on. Ben's one. gonna pass it. Giannis is going straight up dunk ben bucket. Could, ben could dunk. Giannis right over is the so top much two. better than Ben. It's not even close. Obviously, no, I mean, but, who's, who's but what makes that? him better? What makes him better? These things make he's him better. He's more aggressive. He's <laughs> it's stronger. It's not just aggressiveness, though. He's stronger. It's so much more than that. He could be stronger than so somebody. What, be better. What, what is it then? He's a better ball it's, handler. It's sad he's to, better with the ball. It's sad to say, but Giannis has more skill than Ben Simmons. And I, that's not in, that... In some aspects, I agree, but in ball handling, I I, I Well, he said that. I didn't really say that, but I don't know what you're talking about with the Ben is more dangerous in the fast break. You lost me with that on one. On the fast break? Yeah, you lost me completely. Giannis is the most dangerous man in fast break. It's It could be him on two people. It really doesn't matter. I'll just... All right. All right. I understand what you guys are saying there. Seven feet tall with like a nine foot I, wingspan. I, I get it. That being said, I just meant it more so of like a Ben could distribute the ball to, oh, Ben God. could take it right to the rim too. I'm totally and out on could, Ben Simmons. I'm oh, done. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm done. I couldn't tell. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm divorced from that. Listen, I'll stay on this train and when he's an NBA champion at the end of this year, it'll be lit. Dude is not going to be a championship. We'll see. Oh, God. Kawhi Leonard... Recently, there was news that broke out that he the, the Clippers are fearing that he has a ACL injury or well, ACL tear. It's not. It's just been reported that it's not a tear. It's a sprain or strain, strain. right? One of those strain. Okay. So, for all you guys that want to learn more about a uh, medicine, the bones, a strain is on a ligament and a sprain is on a muscle. I'm pretty sure. I learned that from Brian Stutterer. The, have you guys ever watched him? He's like a. Uh, uh, sports doctor on YouTube. Uh, he goes over injuries and talks about how severe they are and ha- why they happened. But what's his name? Brian Stutter. Yeah, no, it's on a YouTube. But in the fourth quarter of game four, Kawhi Leonard landed awkwardly. And that's what, you know, that's why he sprained or strained his ACL. And yes, him. And they're saying this injury, he can be out two to three months. So he's done for the season. He's not going to play in the playoffs anymore. And all the Clippers cursed because we've seen them with Chris Paul and the Lob City Clippers. They were never able to get healthy when they were. They blew a 3-1 lead to the Rockets. And now with PG and Kawhi last year blowing a 3-1 lead to the Nuggets, 
and Kawhi tears his, well, it doesn't tear it, but he strains his ACL. So obviously there is some sort of black magic going on <laughs> with, the, with the Clippers and, their, and the basketball guys are trying to hold them back. So how do you feel about this? And another, another side question, do you think players are getting injured at a higher rate because of the shortened NBA season or the short rest break? Yeah, I think I think definitely that's one of the causes, you know, the fact that it was a shortened rest and that guys were playing games every other night and it was it was towing on the body. I think that's definitely something that played into effect. But I think, you know, Kawhi, what we've seen <laughs> <laughs> the hell. <laughs> was he playing footsies with you again? No, he's just no. smiling at me. So I think um with Kawhi though, it was just an injury that he just landed wrong. You know, I don't think they have a curse. I think just with Kawhi, he just landed wrong, and it was an unfortunate situation because he even played with the injury for a couple minutes in the game. And you thought he was fine. You know, he walked off. He went to the post game, and he said, "I'm fine. I'll be ready for the next game." So it, it, I guess, it's just something that he felt 24 hours later. But I don't think they have a curse. You know, I think what just happened was an unfortunate situation of the fact that the game has been shortened, and guys haven't been having a lot of breaks. So LeBron said it best, you know, there's been a lot of injuries this year and people haven't been able to get that right. You need rest for your body, especially when you practice hitting the gym and then you go play a game. You need that proper rest for your body so it can heal, rest up and get ready for the next day. So I think this was just a situation where it's and it's not just the Clippers. You know, every team has seen injuries, so you can't really say one team has been cursed. One team has not Every team this year has seen a series of injuries, injuries. The Nets have seen injuries. Philly. Joel Embiid is 300 pounds on that one knee right now. Yeah, he's just, real, he's bugging. But Atlanta has seen their injuries, even with the young guys. So every team has seen a fair share of injuries. I think this just has been this season alone, you know, after the bubble and after the pandemic. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> You're a hey, demon. Yo. <laughs> You're a demon. Yeah. So I, d- I do think the shortened season had a lot to do with some of these injuries. The fact that you had eight, uh, might be nine, if, if, if CP3 doesn't... Uh, if CP3 ends up missing some time in the Western Conference Finals, so I do think that had some some impact. The fact that the the it's been the shortest uh, amount of time from the NBA championship to the first game of the season, uh, it obviously is going to take a toll on these players, especially when it's a situation that no one in the past has ever had to deal with. Uh, so I'm I'm going to go ahead and pin it on that. Now to get to the other Clippers cursed, I don't want to say they're cursed, but they're definitely unlucky. They've definitely had some unlucky moments. Uh, you look at, like we mentioned before, CP3 having a plethora of injuries in the postseason. Then you look at 2016, you got Blake and CP3 both going out. Now you might have Kawhi with a torn ACL. Only only instance I will say that they probably weren't unlucky would be last year where they just kind of collapsed. That really wasn't unlucky. That was really them just not playing as they, they should have. Uh, but they're they're definitely one of the franchises that you look at and you just think these guys really are just never going to put it together just cuz history shows anything they could put together one of the best rosters in the in the NBA something's going to happen to them unfortunately but it, it it is unfortunate that's really all i can say yeah the increase in injuries in the NBA obviously has something to do with the shortened break of rest and LeBron tweeted about it, and it's always funny when I see LeBron tweet about something, <laughs> especially like this, because I look at the replies and the quote tweets, and it's everybody <laughs> just saying, shut up, LeBron. Yeah, they be violent. Twitter hates LeBron. Anything LeBron says or does, everybody always wants to uh, hate on his statements, but he has a point, and he, he did say to everybody before the season that they're not going to have rest, and I don't think it's a coincidence that 
the teams that made the finals last year in the Lakers and the Heat were first-round exits and weren't healthy all season long. Jamal Murray tweeted on Twitter that the best team in the NBA won't win the most healthiest is. And when you look at the most healthiest team, it's probably going to be Phoenix. Yep. We're being honest. Phoenix is the most healthiest team right now. And, I mean, Kawhi injuring his ACL. Mike Conley with a hamstring. Kyrie with his with an ankle. Uh, even though that was just an awkward fall. Harden as well. Jalen Brown getting hurt. Harden torn meniscus. I mean, excuse me. MB with a torn meniscus. Yeah, like there are so many players getting injured. And this was this is the most in NBA history. Most all-stars that have gotten injured. And I think... It's definitely because of the shortened break. Now, to get to the Clippers, they're definitely cursed. Like, no doubt about it. I'm I mean, screaming. I, I don't think that <laughs> I don't think that there is a fan base that goes through more heart pain than the Clippers. Who it's definitely the, the Jets. You're talking about the Jets? <laughs> the Knicks? Oh, uh, talking about the Knicks. Oh, I've had nothing to be heartbroken about with the Knicks. Okay, fair I, I already know what I'm expecting. <laughs> fair enough. But the Clippers, That's true. they are expecting greatness. Yep. And let's just look at this season. Going down 0-2 to Dallas. I mean, they were fuming. They nope. were, no one had They were them. going bonkers. Yep. Going down 0-2 to the Jazz, same thing. And now the Clippers start to get control last year, being up 3-1, then losing the series. I mean, the Clippers have been known to just blow leads and not live up to expectations. And if you're a Clippers fan, you can't, you can't be hopeful because what will go wrong does go wrong with the Clippers all the time, and Kawhi injuring his ACL is just unfortunate because I think if he was healthy based on the Clippers beating the Jazz in Game 5, they could have went to the Finals. I think they would have beat Phoenix in the final, in the Eastern, in the Western Conference Finals. Okay. Do you guys think from a money perspective is why they couldn't do, they had to start the season that's, up and get right to that's it? That's the only reason. It had to be, right? Because it's like, bro. It's legitimately the only reason. You heard Stephen A that uh, that day on first take saying that I did not hear Stephen yeah, A that yeah. day on first take. Yeah, he was saying how if they don't sign by this date, they're going to be losing out. I don't want to throw out a uh, incorrect number. I think the NBA is actually in debt a couple billion dollars. I think like four or five, four to gonna, five. I was going to say said that so casually. Two billion, but yep, that's right. Yeah, I mean it, it's casual because they can make that in a year. Correct. Oh, okay. They could they can make that money back in that's a crazy. two years next span. season when it's full capacity. They'll make back all and their start, losses. It's supposed to be starting October next year. Full like, the season's going to start Start in back to normal. Like, everything's going back to normal. I mean, it's back to normal now. You just need to be vaccinated. No, no, no. What I mean is like the, see, the, the, the NBA season is going back to its regular start like time. Like the 82 games. Yeah, it's going back to its regular events. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. Okay. I didn't know that. I didn't know what they were planning I knew it to was going to be 82 season. games, yeah. but yes. I didn't know it was going to start. I mean, I knew it was, I don't even know, honestly. <laughs> I don't know what I know. I just know I know. Gangster. I knew it was eighty-two games, though. Okay. Yeah, then they said the start in October is back to is back to everything. Like, so lit. they're gonna have their regular four-month break. I guess so. Uh huh. Okay. Not even less than that. Two coaches got fired. Well, three now because Rick Carlisle just parted ways with Dallas. But we're gonna talk about Dallas in a little bit. But we're gonna talk about the first coach that got fired. That's Stan Van Gundy. I liked him better as a commentator anyway, so I'm glad for glad for that. You Me know? too. I think he was better in that role, I think. Better than Jeff? Not better than Jeff. Nah, he's, uh, Jeff he's got up it. there. But I do think that... They're brothers, right? Yeah. But I do think that, of course, Stan Van Gundy has a, a passion for coaching. But I do believe that commentating is less demanding. So Just a little. At an older age for absolutely. him. Absolutely. Of course. Of yeah, course. Absolutely. I think it's yeah. more... Commentating is funner, too. Well, you look at a guy like Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr had it all with with the uh, announcing. He said, "You know what? I'd rather go coach Golden State." 
That was fun though. Golden State was fun to cover. Oh, for sure, for sure. But so this is why the Pelicans fired Stan Van Gundy after one year. They went thirty-one and forty-one. He had three years left on his contract, and Zion now has has had two coaches in his first two seasons, and will have another one going into his third. But sources have told the Athletic that family members of Zion are want him on another team. They don't want him with the Pelicans, and they have said that Stan Van Gundy is way too rigid. I guess that means rough on the edges. He's rough on his players, and he's too demanding as a head coach. And they've also been disappointed by the front office. And from Stan Van Gunny's perspective, he was frustrated with the team because he could not commit them to play defense. That's young guys. And Brandon Ingram said that he was not happy with his coaching style and how they run the offense when they ran it through Zion because he felt like he didn't get easier looks when they ran it through Zion. And that's pretty much it. You know, Stan Van Gundy was annoyed as hell because they can't play defense. And the players are like, this guy is old as hell. He doesn't adapt to the new NBA style. So obviously they're, they're clashing. But I do question if this is more of a thing of young players just not Being wanting soft. to improve. It sounds 100%. like the Minnesota situation with Cat and uh, Wiggins. And, and Thibodeau. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy Butler was, was upset. Thibodeau comes to the Knicks and he makes them embrace that culture. They're Jimmy Butler was upset that the young guys wasn't buying in on defense. And I think that just goes with a lot of the young guys in the NBA. They don't buy in on that defensive mindset. But a couple things to take away from Stan Van Gunn. He, he said, obviously, he couldn't get the guys to buy in. Brandon Ingram, I do agree at a point because it wasn't that. Well, Stan Van Gundy's system was terrible. But at the same time, the reason why he didn't get a lot of shot, easy looks because they had no spacing. Correct. They had no floor spacing. The team was built very poorly. And the reason why Zion was given more touches is because the way Brandon Ingram's style of play is, it doesn't really suit Zion. I don't think they're a match for each other in a sense, especially in Zion being in the ball handling role. It's not the bachelor. Yeah. What? Never watched the show? No. Nah. Uh, again, I'll get that. Oh, okay. I was so confused. Yeah, so I like someone cultured, bro. Yeah, a little bit. Oh my gosh. What's, what's the Bachelor? Really? You never watched the Bachelor? It's, all right. Short. Long story short, one guy, bunch of girls. Oh, like yeah. the reality TV show. Correct. And Bless. they pick which one is going to be their match. Correct. Do they? Do we? Is that like? Do they actually be with them, or is that like sometimes sad? hit or miss? That's sad. why when you said they're not a fit, I said not the Bachelor. Oh, okay. I get it now. Yeah. The joke totally went over your head. <laughs> okay, yeah, go yeah. on with your monologue. Um, damn. Um, yeah. Disappoint what, me. <laughs> I don't even know what you were saying. Yeah, what was I saying? Son, oh yeah, yeah, Zion, Zion. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, the fact that he said they said he's too demanding. When you're a star in the NBA, you demand a lot from a star. You demand him to be excellent. You demand, demand him to bring it every night, and you demand him to carry the team. I feel like the Pelicans had two stars in branding. Well. Um, two emerging stars in Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. At the same time, I feel like the team was good enough to make a play in, like even though the system was poorly constructed and they didn't have a lot of guys who fit Zion and Brandon Ingram style. I feel like they still could have fought with the Spurs for a play-in spot. You know, I thought Zion and Brandon Ingram were good enough. Even Lonzo Ball was good enough to get them to that spot. They didn't do it. They haven't capitalized. Not only is this Zion's about to be his third coach. This is also Brandon Ingram's like fourth or fifth coach. 
in about four or five years. I'm Lonzo Ball too, so I think they have to figure out. The front office hasn't been good. Anthony Davis wanted to leave. Chris Paul wanted to leave. This has just been a shit show of a front office for a very long time, even before Zion. I mean, to be fair, David Griffin was not with those front offices. That is true. But I think Pelicans just as a whole, I think they have a little curse on themselves too. Guys just don't want to be there. They haven't been good. So I think they better they better luck up because Zion's it seems like Zion isn't gonna be there for too long. And this is like a transcendent star, and you guys have one, and you didn't capitalize on Anthony Davis, and you need to capitalize on this one to make you guys irrelevant. I mean, they're got they've they they have been top ten bottom in the bottom of attendance in the last ten years. Yeah. Nobody wants to see them. Who wants to go to Smoothie King Arena? That's what it's called. Yeah. And you they, they messed be. up with Eric Gordon too. Yeah, that was a fold too. Yeah. It's called Smoothie King Smoothie Arena. King Arena. That's yeah. You nobody's going there. That's, uh, that's gay. So what was the question exactly? I feel like we was it just what do we think of the overall Pelicans? You're an idiot. <laughs> no, because the question here, the question I have here is different. Not yet. The question is, what coach do you think would uh, best fit? I was going to say, you didn't even answer that. I'm the idiot. <laughs> wait, wait, what's the question? Shaggy. No, nah, it's my turn to talk. It's my turn to talk. Wait, what was the question though? So I know I'm about to hit you with a skip. What was the question? It's my turn, bro. The question was, what coach do you want to see go to the? Pelicans? I didn't even get to say that. I'm sorry. Let me just say that real quick. Um, say you're an idiot and you can go. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got me. All right, um, um, Rick Carla. Boom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I hate that. I don't well, like it either, but I understand no, it. No, for it. You're not I me. Ha- I have one. I, <laughs> I actually, you're not me. So. I actually have a coach that's going to blow your minds. Okay. Well, Probably you asked me the question, that. so I gave you my answer. You and it didn't to. blow me away. Well, it's not for you. It's for me. All right. So the coach I have is Jason Kidd. Okay. Uh, I think I, I, I like Jason Kidd here because he coached Giannis, and I feel like similar play style where and big body ball, you know, you want. Lonzo too, Jason Kidd. That's what I'm saying. I feel like he he could definitely help out this team in, in multiple sides, not just Zion. Don't look at me looking. I'm talking to both y'all. Uh, but uh, I feel like J- where we saw Giannis really finally emerge once Jason Kidd was that head coach, and Giannis was clearly devastated when when Milwaukee parted ways with Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd uh, post Milwaukee, uh, I he's had time with the Lakers. Did he go? Was he a coach of the Nets? He was. That was a minute ago. Uh, was. That was before big, Milwaukee, the, 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 or is that the week big four? It wasn't a minute. It was six years ago. Okay, it's a minute ago, bro. That is pretty long. <laughs> so, regardless of that point, I just feel like he, with the way that he catered to Giannis's game is the way that I think that he could cater to Zion, and another way that he could bring Lonzo to that next level where they definitely have similar play styles. Uh, so, I feel like Jason Kidd would be a pretty. What about solid Ingram, option. though? Say that one more time. What about Ingram? He's your most skilled offensive player. He he. He probably is your pro- your most skilled offensive player on that side. I just feel like Ingram has just been very consistent. I'm not worried about Ingram, truthfully. Mm. I feel like Jason Kidd is not is going to take the ball out of Zion's hand when it comes to bringing the ball up, even though we saw Zion t- have a huge improvement when he did take the ball up. I feel like you need Lonzo to be that guy to control the ball, really get everything going on offense. So you, you, start you, got, you got Jason Kidd, so you're looking at it. Lonzo is Malcolm Brogdon, Brandon Ingram is Middleton, and Zion's like a Giannis. What that sounds pretty good to me, truthfully. It's not too bad. Yeah, I, I like that a little bit. That was better than your answer with uh, Rick Carlisle. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking. I'm standing by my answer. When he gets tired, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate. When it. he gets tired, I'm gonna laugh at you guys. But but you're right. When that, he goes to the Celtics, we'll see. Somebody just mentioned that on Twitter. Yeah. By the way, who Rick Carlisle? Oh Rick Carlisle, yeah, did you see that'd that? be tough. But th- this is the thing, right? Um, their front office has been horrible. Stephen Adams, Eric Bledsoe, horrible fits. Oh my god. JJ Redick on his podcast. 
basically publicly them. bashed them and yeah. said, you're not going to get honesty from the front office. I will never forgive the Pel- No, not the Pelicans. I will never forgive the NBA for giving Zion Williamson to the Pelicans and not the Knicks. It's obvious he wants to play with the Knicks. He said his favorite place to play <sighs> is the Garden. Did you see the report that him and RJ have been nonstop talking about They're playing best together? Friends. Yes. They're best friends. They should have been at MSG well, together. Scared. But, of course, they gave Zion to the Pelicans because they wanted LeBron to get AD because the NBA is rigged. And they wanted LeBron to wow, have this, you're making a glorious, this glorious path. But this is the thing. The two coaches that have been on the radar to be the new head coach are Fred Vinson. This guy helped Lonzo with his jump shot, and Lonzo actually credits him for developing his shot. And Teresa Witherspoon, which she works with the team right now. She'd be the first woman head coach in NBA history. We need and that. I think in just American sports in general, we definitely like in terms that. of men's sports. But I have one guy that uh, I would love – Hold on. To see him. Before you say it. <laughs> I would love to see this guy be the head coach for the Pelicans. The Pelicans are all offense, no defense. There we go. What better guy than Mike D'Antoni? Mike D'Antoni with that the Pelicans bad. would be such a good that fit. That was my other option. Actually. I would see, no, you could see Zion running a point guard type of role inflating his stats to the max. <laughs> Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, if he's able to play in that Mike D'Antoni offense, pace and space, seven seconds, he's going to ball out. I, I am certain that if Mike D'Antoni goes to the Pelicans, the first thing he's doing is trading Eric Bledsoe. He already dealed with a better Eric Bledsoe and Russell Westbrook, so he's off that. I am Steve, screaming. Steven Adams, <laughs> Steven Adams, you can have a... Uh, he can be there. He can be there, Clint Capella. And then... You just go like that. And I think Mike D'Antoni to the Pelicans would be such a great fit. Their offense would be electric. But you think he leaves the Nets? If he wins a championship this year, I don't see why not. I actually, you know what? I threw the laughing because I thought you was going to say some nonsense. I actually like that one, though. That was actually really good. Of course good. you do. But I feel like we're still missing the problem. You, we, we just said it. Brandon Ingram doesn't like, realistically, what he's basically saying. He doesn't like when Zion's running the offense. You just said Zion running the one. Not running the one, but bringing up the ball. Do you think that's going to be comfortable for Brandon Ingram? I feel like he wants the ball. Brandon Ingram is just, he said that he didn't like the offense because he wasn't getting easier shots. In this offense, he will get easier shots. I feel like D'Antoni's been big on. I feel like D'Antoni's good at that, but they just need to fix the team. I feel like with that same team, you know, Bledsoe's going to be hard to just, deal. I think it's just Bledsoe. Steven Adams, too, because he doesn't provide the spacing for Zion. I think Steven Adams is fine because he yeah. can he can be you the Clint Capella He's a really good big man. He is? Really good, strong. He's he's a good role player. He's he is. really strong. Strong you know, screens he, in the league. He's, he is. But I'm saying their, their lineups, when they're throwing out those two guys with Brandon Ingram, it's not... It's no floor spacing, you know. It's no space at all. No, no room to work. Well, Zion needs to develop a three point shot too. Truthfully, he's like twenty one, bro. I agree. I think he'll develop it because I, he. And the thing I like about Zion the most is that he's not hesitant. No, he's to definitely take not. It. So he will take it. We saw that in his first game of his career. What would, you, what would you even get Bledsoe for? I would give him. I would give him away for a Twix. At this point, correct Twix. Candy a box bar? of Twix. Candy bar, bro. What's good with you? What? You're so uncultured. You don't know what the Bachelor yeah, is. A Twix. You don't know you what really a Twix say, is. Hold on, because I don't like how you say that. You keep trying to say uncultured because I don't know what the Bachelor is. Truthfully, he's correct here. Sorry. Sorry. So, so black people the watch ba- the Bachelor. 
I mean, yes, come on. I, I don't think don't it's. I'm gonna go home. I don't you think said the bachelor. Sub, I don't <laughs> think the bachelor is subjected really? to one race. You said culture. All right, you two. know, I'm, I'm gonna go home. Yeah, too. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna ask my whole household. It's five of us. I'm gonna ask all five of them if they watch the bachelor. I'm gonna come three back of and them, answer. Three of them will say yes. Three, correct. They'll at least know what the bachelor okay, so is. You saying three would know? Okay. And it's not even three. So you're saying and, three. You're saying three. Okay. And bad. it's not even on cable television. It's on ABC. Yep. So. AKA Even more people. Time. All right, we're gonna find out. Everybody I can't wait it. to. The, oh my god! And ask your ask your family if they've heard of what a Twix is too. He didn't know what a hour later was. I think we're even right now. Wait, you really don't know what a Twix is? Or no, are you I just joking? Right, I don't eat don't chocolate know. like that. I, I really don't eat I chocolate like that. I understand now or later compared to Twix. I don't Twix eat is chocolate a big brand. like that, bro. bro. It's OD popular. Now, now or later is a hood, a hood candy bar. Oh, that's a what we're doing. <laughs> I'm not getting it. That's what we're doing. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. He's a good hood. Okay. Hood Okay. I see what we did. Now, I really, I don't eat chocolate like that. Bro, I just put two and two together, bro. You came from Harlem. You brought an hour later. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now I know where these come from. Oh my god, I'm, my fault, guy. Really Twix don't is eat everywhere. That's all right, man. I, I, really, I don't look in the chocolate section. Really? So I, nah, I you could chocolate. look in any vending machine, you'll see it. Correct. I swear to God, I have a vending machine in my job. There isn't a Twix in there. Left Twix, right Twix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? They have commercials. I've never seen a commercial for an hour later. Never. You it's never been will. A minute. <laughs> like since I was like four or five. How do you remember that? I mean, got good memory. Kevin. Okay. Kevin. It was no an hour later. There were. You no, it wasn't. Make me Google an hour later. All right, commercial. don't Google it. Don't no, Google it's too late. Look, you don't want to be wrong, right? I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so you eat Twix? Yeah, they're actually my favorite candy bar. Really? Better yeah. than Kit Kat? Yeah. I know what a Kit Kat is. Wow. Kit Kat's love, really good. I, I, yeah. Not like Twix. Twix. Twix, just the chocolate, the caramel, caramel and, and the cookie. The crisp. You're Man, right, nah, bro. It's are, a, it's a crazy fire. combination. Those are fire. You know, take five. You ever had take five? It's pretzel. Now you're just peanuts, peanut butter. uh, What's your first chocolate? What's your what's your least favorite chocolate candy bar? Hershey. Mine is Butterfinger easily. I wouldn't even touch that. I like Butterfinger. I hate Butterfinger. Ooh, dead last. I used to love them too. Almond Joy. Hate them too much. Almond Joy is not bad. I don't like coconut. I love coconut. I love I love uh, York's. Your peppermint, York peppermint patties. patties. Are those, those the white are, ones? Those the are white wrappers? I've just yeah, recently got into mint chocolate. Mint chocolate is my favorite. I you like, like yeah. not like my coffee. favorite, but I love mint chocolate. I do like coffee. I knew you liked coffee. Coffee ice cream. Ice coffee? Oh, I like not coffee ice cream too. Coffee, coffee ice, ice cream, cream is underrated. When you guys drink coffee, do you guys drink it black? I don't nah. drink coffee. You don't drink coffee? I drink tea. What do you do? Black? Black no sugar. That's how my dad drinks That sounds it. utterly disgusting. It is. It is. Once you get used to it, it's not that bad. Really? Yeah, it's not I'm a tea guy. I put a hell of sugar in my tea. That's tough. Tea is better for you. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. Well, I don't think with the sugar. Yeah, I don't think with the sugar. It's... Well, yeah, you shouldn't add that. I mean, same thing with coffee. Oh, no, I'm going to put sugar in it. It's really bad. Well, that's sugar. why I don't drink coffee either, because I drink it with three, four sugars. Milk, oh, no, I'll put about five, six. The Latin in me, of course. Coffee yeah, is gotta. actually really good for you, straight black. It is. Straight black, it really correct. Is it's like, good for you. Uh, yeah, I'm not drinking that. No. It's not bad. I'm t- I've gotten black used to Black coffee? Sounds it's really so good. bitter. So bitter. No, but you really like Butterfingers, though? I don't like it, because I feel like it... There's a bunch of pieces that stick in my mouth. Oh yeah, it, like gets, in my teeth. it gets stuck in your molars. Yo, gets what? stuck, stuck yeah. in the top. He's right. Butterfingers, they're like horrible. You to need eat. a floss after you have a really? butterfinger. Need. Uh. Um. Oh, I drink. See, it's milk. gonna be very controversial because people are gonna be saying, "Oh, you guys hate cows, all this stuff." <laughs> like that's. But dairy milk is way better, in my opinion. You know. You know. I'm sorry, you know, bro. I saw. Oh wow! We just, we just had a dead body. <laughs> dead body. Is, is your phone it's good? Toast? No, bro, look, no, bro, bro. Look at the back of my phone, bro. Yeah. You, you'll be okay, bro. 
We're getting so off topic. Yeah, right OD. OD. <laughs> All right, zoom back in. Lock in. All right, let's lock in. Hopefully, the audience had a nice laugh. Yeah, for real. You're laughing at me. Yeah, correct. Okay, you're an idiot. I think no. I, I think everybody <laughs> knows that episode. I think everybody knows what the Bachelor is, though. Like eighty percent of people know, and they know what a Twix is too, bro. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. Let's talk about the Wizards. <laughs> the Washington Wizards just fired Scott Brooks, and this is something that a lot of Wizards fans have been waiting for for a very long time. Because I think. Since OKC, Scott Brooks has proven to be a coach who, with a lot of talent, can succeed. But obviously, his offense is very stagnant. It's very predictable. There isn't much to it, which is why Kevin Durant wanted to leave. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, right now, Scott Brooks, he did get fired. And what's the next step for the Wizards? You got Bradley they, they, Beal. You got to stop saying that. They parted ways. They parted ways? Yeah, because they All couldn't right. come to an agreement. They parted Okay, ways. they parted ways. Same thing. Fired. Same thing. Oh, well, Westbrook. Okay, sorry. Westbrook is thirty-two. Beal is twenty-seven. They got a young guys in Hachimura, Gafford, Advia, uh, Thomas Bryant, who's going to come back from that ACL injury, and um, Berton. So they have some talent on the team. So, what do you think is the next step for the Wizards? Are you going first, Riff? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had to open this. Up. It's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really don't know. They're in cap hell. You know, Thomas Bryant is a good player. He is coming back from an ACL injury. You got Davis Bertans. He's getting paid 16 mil. I'm pretty sure Westbrook gets paid about $40 million. Mm-hmm. And then Beal gets paid about 35, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere in the 30s range. They are both on maxes. Yeah, so it's much. it's going to be tough because you're kind of locked in with these three guys. You know, you got a, you got a few young talents. You're not going to have a high draft pick this year because you made the playoffs. So you got to have to sit here and ride with this team. Westbrook is getting older. His game is kind of treading in the wrong direction in terms of declining. Bradley Beal... I feel like he's gonna want out eventually, so you gotta you gotta figure out: do you blow it up now or try to make another playoff run? I don't see why you shouldn't blow up, uh, why you shouldn't blow it up right now. Bradley Beal is of high market right now. There's a lot of teams that want him. Davis Berton is a three is a three point sniper. You can get something for him, and then you just roll with the Rui Hachimori. Thomas Bryant is still young. I think he's like 24 years old. Yeah, he's young. He's Danny young. Advia, he's a good player. He's also a really young European player. Westbrook, you can probably just wait out his contract, maybe, or trade him. I don't see a market where you want Westbrook. I do want him. Oh, yeah, you're an so idiot. He can actually um, come to the squad and win a championship and everyone shut up. You won't win with Westbrook, LeBron, and AD. I mean, as long as I have LeBron, I'm cool. Well, you had LeBron against – never mind. Um, Yeah, I don't see where – I think you should just wait out Westbrook. They're smart to stop. <laughs> you should just wait out Westbrook's contract. But definitely, I don't see the direction because they put themselves in a tight position. And I don't see a coach who wants that to go there and have that type of mess and dysfunction. This team is – it made the playoffs granted, but with the way the cap is and the way that their players are, they're just not in a good position to really – they're kind of stuck in stagnant mode right now, and they have to figure it out. And it starts with the head coach. In my opinion – I agree with with Riv almost exactly everything wow. he said. Literally everything. I think that personally, I feel like Beal. This is the highest that his value is going like to be. That. What happened? I would not blow this team up. I, I mean, feel like I, they can't afford to. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Since I have the same opinion as Riv, I'd like to hear yours. The reason they can't afford to is because nobody will trade for Russell Westbrook in his contract. They're going to have to wait it out, and you got to win. If you have Westbrook and you have Beal. You got to win. You don't, this, though. This Not team, necessarily. You could tank. This team has talent, and they're going to have a top 18 pick. At, you know, I'm guessing it's going to be from the like the 16 mm-hmm. to 13 range in the draft. 
you can get a pretty good player with that pick. They have young talent. Like I mentioned, Hachimura has been getting better every year. Beal is only 27. He's just entering his prime. Bertans is, is really good as a three-point shooter and sniper. Advia, disappointing rookie season, but he has potential. Mm-hmm. And Daniel Gafford, who really jumped onto the scene. Like This team has talent, and I think if there was a coach not named Scott Brooks, if, he was, if there was a coach last year coaching this team not named Scott Brooks, they'd be better. They went on an insane win streak to close out the season because all year long last year they were hampered by COVID, by injuries, and now a fresh start with a fresh coach who knows what he's doing. I think the Wizards can be a 6-4 to four seed, and then you'll see where it goes from there. But they have a ton of options because you could trade Beal maybe for, a, for another great player or a bunch of draft picks, a treasure chest of draft picks. Maybe trade Bertans or Advia, see what you get for that. Or Bryant. You never know. And, you know, I'll just throw this out there. What if they get Kristaps Porzingis and you have a big three of Beal, Westbrook, and KP? I don't think that's too bad. I think that could be okay in the East if KP does return back to form and can stay healthy, which is a huge question mark. But I don't think it's time to blow it up because, especially with how the NBA is now, you're really not guaranteed one of those top picks if you do indeed tank I just feel like defensively they they're they they do not have enough and the fact that Beal is definitely the superstar on the squad and he is arguably their worst defender on the team I just feel like as of right now that this roster was an eighth seed it's not really like they had too many injuries happen to them Breton's missed a few in the in the beginning of the season but I don't think that he's too much of an impact player to, to really think that he, he would move them up to like a five or a four seed, in my opinion, at least. Uh, I just feel like right now, you could, if you were to trade Beal right now, you could get... If I look at the Paul George trade with the Clippers and OKC, and I see what, what the Clippers gave to OKC, I'm looking at uh, Bradley Beal, and I'm thinking they could get almost exactly the same, if not more, because of how young Bradley Beal is. Yeah. And, and I just feel like with Russ, the way that people have this image of Russ, that he can't win... Uh, he doesn't have the the type of play style that's best suited for to win a championship. If 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 the Wizards really think that, move on from him. Uh, see if you can get a fir- a single first round pick for him. It seems as if every time he's traded, a first round pick is being moved. And I, I can understand where where the Wizards would be coming from if they did that. Uh, especially with the fact that I just don't see them being better than the Celtics long term, Nets long term. Hawks long-term, Miami long-term. It, it, the East is trending toward a really strong conference that we haven't seen in a little while, uh, in a long while, truthfully. And I just feel like right now with the the price tag on Beal's name right now, you could just you could get so much that could, could change your, your culture in the future. And you look at OKC, that was their game plan. And people talk uh, like uh, about OKC's uh, moves recently, like they've been doing God's work. They they've done move after move that people just love, and I'm one of those guys. I love I love the direction that they're headed towards, and I feel like the Wizards should take a similar approach. Looking at their con, I'm looking at their contracts right now. Right, okay, so this upcoming season is going to be 2021, 2022. Westbrook and Beal both have player options that I'm probably 100 percent confident they're going to accept. You know, mm-hmm. or decline. You think Westbrook would decline $47 million? I was going to say, yeah, Westbrook's not declining. Beal, Beal might. Yeah, Beal might. Yeah, and then you'll get that money on the open market. Yeah, then you got Bertons on a five-year deal with 16 mil each year. And then Bryant, 
this is his last year, so you're going to have to pay him. So I just think, you know, a team who, like you said, teams are trending. I'm not saying Charlotte's better than them, but that's a young team that's going to be trending. You know, you got Atlanta who's getting better. Philly's still going to be around with Embiid. You got the Nets. You got Boston who's still a really talented team. You know, there's a lot of teams that are trending in that right direction. Indiana, we don't know what they can be. They're still a good team. They were dealing with injuries last year. I just think this team is going to be stuck in a kind of like a uh, more like a eighth, seven seed team, maybe or a playing team. And I just think right now you got to capitalize on Bradley Beal's trade value because if you what if you wait another year and he gets hurt, you know then then what his trade his trade value stocks he drops. Davis Bertans the same thing. You know he's a shooter. He's twenty eight years old. I think you got to capitalize right now on the guys you have right now because although you you got young talent. I think this team, even if you get a Porzingis, you know, a big three is going to be good. But is it really enough to compete in the East, like be a competitive team in the East? I don't think so. I don't think based on what we've seen from Porzingis, you have to get the right coach. And like I said, that's the first thing, getting the right coach. So this team is in trouble for the next couple of years. The thing about me is that I'm up for any challenge that's available to me. And on on 2K, I (laughs) built a championship. I'm seeing him. I'm seeing him. On 2K, I built a championship roster with this Wizards team by trading for KP and building a big three of Beal, Westbrook, and KP. Were you playing on rookie? No, I was playing on Hall of Fame, mister. I was playing on Hall of Fame. So I'm saying, I I guess I'm just up for the challenge. NBA teams. (laughs) This guy is crazy. Yo, bro. (laughs) NBA teams, they can hire me as a GM and I will bring you a championship in no less than five years. I proved it. You're just different. In the game, yes. (laughs) You're just like, you're just entertaining. Bro, I'm I'm hearing them out. So I'm just saying, I would accept the challenge, but I do understand what you're saying. You got to capitalize on Bill's trade value. Next year, he's going to be a free agent. Uh, and he's probably going to leave because nobody wants to be in Washington. So I just have a question. You're saying you wouldn't blow it up, but you want to trade Beal. If I can't get KP, I would. But I would try and trade for KP because he's disgruntled, mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd see where I could go with that big three. A championship. Looking on at 2K. the money, they, <laughs> yes. they might have to give up Bertons and Bryant. Looking at because no, no, no. Yeah, the, it would be Bertons, a combination of Bertons, Bryant, or Bryant Advia, or Bertons Advia. If Bryant didn't tear his ACL, his his stock would definitely be a whole lot higher for obvious reasons. Because in the bubble, Thomas Bryant showed a lot of potential. He was good. Yeah, Early he in the season was. He did too. Yeah, he's, he's good. He's good. He just can't play defense, but he's good yeah. outside of it's that. It's funny because in Indiana, he was known as a defender. What are you talking about? Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant was not in Indiana. I, I thought he was a rookie. I thought he was. I'm talking about his college, bro. Oh, ah. okay. <laughs> Jesus. Talk about college, Now nah, you're real for knowing that. He really was known as a defender? Yeah, like a rim protector, all that. Like, he was a really good defender. Oh, when you're a big dude in, in well, college. college is yeah, exactly. Correct. Huh? College is way easier competition. Yeah. That's what. That's what's funny. Like, he came to the league and it's like kind of, like, fell off. You but guys I, remember this player named Andrew Nicholson? Yeah. He was a player that Six, got... 6'9", dark he, skin. He was a player that got drafted the year Dwight Howard left Orlando. And he was... He was marketed to be like the next Dwight. <laughs> Six nine. I, I remember when that draft happened uh-huh. at a St. Bonaventure. Uh-huh. What, what number you go? 19. Okay. Yeah, yeah, 19. So they expected someone who went 19th overall to be the number one draft pick. Yeah, yeah to yeah, be that's good. that's crazy. But, th- but he actually like fizzled out. He didn't even play past four years in the league. Really? Yeah. Hate sucks. to see it. Yeah, hopefully he has a good career somewhere else overseas mm-hmm. or something like that. But now we're finally getting Yo, to the oh, topic. Thomas Bryant uh, played with Yogi Ferrell. That's good. Yeah, they beat um Kentucky. 
Yogi Ferrell was good in college. Really good. They, he was they, good. They played with Troy Williams. I know you know him from Houston. Yeah. That guy, too. He's he would have dropped team. 40 on you. <laughs> He's 6'8", <eight>, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're finally going to talk about the Mavericks. When we first started recording this podcast, like during the middle of it, Rick Carlisle and the Mavericks parted ways or fire, whatever, whatever you way, whatever way you want to slice it. Moved on from one. But another. right now, it seems like there is a lot going on in Dallas because Don Nelson and the Mavs mutually agreed to part ways. But a report came out that it wasn't like that. Don Nelson was fired on Sunday. I'm screaming. And <laughs> the report that came out just a couple of days ago that we made it, we made we we had a segment on about Volgaris being like the the pseudo head of the organization. <laughs> At first, I didn't think much of the report, but it can't be a coincidence that after that report comes out, after that story comes out, Don Nelson is now out. Mm. Rick Carlisle is now out. I mean, everybody, this is an entire fresh start. And Luka Doncic it was really upset about Don Nelson's departure because Nelson has been scouting Luka since he was 14 years old. And really cool. he's largely credited with trading up to get Luka on draft night. And... Doncic said today to reporters that it was kind of tough to me. I really like Donnie. I know I known him since I was a kid and he was one of he was the one that drafted me. It was tough for me seeing that, but I'm but I'm not the one making decisions there. And Cuban also said this. I play I pay close attention to what Lucas says, what the front office says, analytics group and our scouts say. What Rick says, the idea that there is a shadow GM is laughable. The idea that anyone but Rick sets the rotations is insulting. <laughs> so just to talk about that other report, Mark Cuban fired back on it. But one of the questions that I want to ask you guys, do you think that these, this, all this stuff going on in Dallas is going to change Luca's mind on signing this extension or staying in Dallas long-term? And I mean, Rick Carlisle leaving the Dallas Mavericks, I think that was huge, but it's important to note that Luka Doncic is a strong supporter of the Mavs assistant coach, Jamal Mosley. He said that he's got the things that are needed for a head coach, and he can he can be the head coach here for sure. So he's all he's behind this assistant coach, Jamal Mosley. I think Luka's going to sign the Max no matter what. It would be dumb if he didn't. You know, the money's there. Now, if he's going to stay long-term, you know, with all this situation, all this havoc happening pretty early in his career, you really don't know. And it's hard. To, I, I know I said he looks like a lifer, but... With all this havoc happening early in his career, you really don't know, you know. So, like you said, he's backed Mosley. I think Mark Cuban is gonna. He's a smart guy. He's gonna probably hire Mosley to be the head coach for them. Listening to his star player, he's seen in the league how stars. If you listen to your star players, you keep them happy. They tend to stay. So I think he's gonna end up, you know, being a hire. But I think with all this happening, you know, you can see that there's a bit of a rift in the Dallas front office. I don't know whether it'd be Mark Cuban in the Vark, the Volgaris. Volgaris guy, him making adjustments, him making uh, decisions and Mark Cuban not knowing the Mark Cuban backing him. I don't know the specifics, but there's definitely a rift right now in Dallas coming after, you know, the loss to Kawhi Jordan. So I think they definitely have to figure out what they're going to do. But I think Mosley being the coach is the next thing. It definitely worries me, truthfully. Uh, young, very early into Lucas' career, he's having a lot going on within the organization. Uh, he's seeing that internally that on this, the the roster as a whole right now hasn't been best fit towards his style of play, and people feel as if Lucas has been having to do too much. I was actually reading the comment section. They were saying how 
they thought that we were being uh, uh, being too tough on Luca because it's not that he is ball dominant. It's that he has to play like that because of the team that he has around him. And I thought that was interesting because there's been times where I think Luca takes bad shots and of course, and they go in. But there's been times where he takes bad shots and it's not even close. But obviously, when you're that type of special player, you're given a, a leeway that others aren't. Uh, but you look at them firing his head coach. Uh, I don't know what that. Or it depends on the hiring, of course, but I'm not sure how that's going to change the the roster as a whole. The GM being fired, I do, I I under, I like that move. Of course, he did make the infamous trade with with uh, the Hawks, of course, uh, and that's probably one of the best moves that he'll he'll have in his NBA career. Uh, but you just look at how they're built right now. It's not there. The the people in the comments are correct. It's not built towards Luca's strengths right now, and and where I I believe Luca right now is a I can get a buck wherever I can. But if I'm gonna drive the basketball, I need shooters like a Tim Hardaway. I need a shooter like I had in Seth Curry. It, it's not you're not gonna get it done with with Dorian Finney, even though I I like Dorian Finney's uh his his potential. Uh, he's he definitely played relatively well, but I feel like you need a notch above that. Uh, I I just don't know if Luca is going to be happy with being uh, or taking 100% of the load every single game for however many years he plans to stay on on the Mavericks. So it's going to be very interesting to see who they bring in as their next GM. I feel like that's going to be the huge piece in in what Luca's decision is going to be. So right now the Dallas Mavericks have a couple problems. They need a new head coach. They need a new GM. They need to trade Kristaps Porzingis. And they need to make Luca happy. Those are a lot of problems to have in a short amount of time. And I want to talk about KP for a little bit because I think Dallas tried to build this team from the outside and they try to make this team be a five out team. And historically, no five out team has won a championship. Golden State is the closest to it, but they just played small. They didn't they weren't five out. They just played small. I think what you see with the Hawks going on right now with Trey Young. You got great perimeter players in Bogdanovich, Hunter, even though he's hurt. Then you got good inside players like Collins and Capella. Inside, outside game. Yeah, Luka needs a needs a Capella. He needs a Clint Capella on sure. that team. He needs a guy who can roll, who can catch lobs, similar to what his role was when he was with Harden in Houston, because I think Luka's game is very similar to Harden, which is why I love Luka's game so much, and he's probably my second favorite player in the league right now behind James Harden. Dope, dope. I don't think this is going to affect Lucas signing the Supermax because this is generational money. Nobody would ever turn this type of money down. And historically, players don't start having massive influence on teams' decisions or on their futures in the league until that second contract. So Dallas has three to four years to get this thing right. And based on Mark Cuban just as a businessman, I think they will get it right, but this guy Vulgaris, it seems like he's been he's been the common denominator. He's been the toxic guy. I mean, our story comes out that Don Don Nelson and him have a rift. And Don Nelson, he even said that uh he even said I'm trying to find the quote right now about what he said, but I'm reading the article right now from The Athletic. And it was an article about Don Nelson and why he felt he, why he felt there was a rift. And the reason for that is because Don Nelson would talk with other teams about potential trades and talk about them, just have communication. 
and Volgaris would go behind his back and talk to them as well and undermine what Don Nelson said. So it was just a bunch of things going on in the organization. There wasn't just one voice. And when you're a team, when you're an organization, there needs to be a agreement on one thing and you guys need to go out and have that one voice. And with the Mavericks, it was just a bunch of things going on at the same time. But like I said, I don't think it's going to affect Luka's long-term decision to stay in Dallas, especially with that Supermax. But I think this guy, Vulgaris, has to go. And just an FYI, the GM they're looking at to um, fill in Don Nelson's place is Michael Finley, who used to play for Dallas, was a very great player, underrated for sure. But that's the guy they're looking to fill that GM spot. And funny thing, Vulgaris, after the story came out on The Athletic, he changed his Twitter bio to Head Collector. That sounds but then crazy. He, but, then he switched, <laughs> but then he switched it to Crypto Head Collector because he's really into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and stuff like that. Uh, sounds ridiculous. But yeah, I really, I think there's a whole mess is going on. But what do you guys think about Mike D'Antoni coaching the Mavericks and Luca? Well, like you said, Luca is kind of... Baby Harden. Yeah, pretty much. So I think Mike D'Antoni would definitely. But you have to get the players around him. I, I, I don't really, I don't fully agree with Drew. I like partially agree with you. I think Tim Hardaway is a good piece for them. Definitely. A guy who can shoot three ball. I think Finney's good because he can hit an open three. And he plays defense. He can kind of play that Trevor Ariza role for them. I think Kleber is good for not extended amount of time, but he's good enough where he can also hit an open three. You got. You need a guy like Seth Curry. Josh Richardson obviously was a fail safe. You know that was a fail. You got to get him out of there. But you got to get guys that are reminiscent to Luca's game. Guys who aren't ball dominant, who are ready to shoot, and they're defenders too. That's kind of what you need. I think when people say, "Oh, Luca has to do so much," I think that's what Luca wants. He wants to be the primary ball handler. He wants to be the guy that's making all the decisions, and that's fine. You just got to get the guys that are around him. Clint Capella type guy who can catch lobs and then a bunch of 3 and D players. Tim Hardaway's in a 3 and D, but we saw him in the playoffs. He lights you up for about 30 points no with a bunch of threes. So that's a guy. Get hot. Yeah, that's a guy you need, a guy who can catch fire and get hot. And I feel like they need another ball handler. I think they already have that in Brunson, a guy who kind of takes the load off of Luka when he goes to the bench, a guy who can operate the offense, who can score, who can play make, who could also play defense at a good rate. So I think that's a guy that they should definitely keep for. I feel like drafting Josh Green and Tyrell Terry wasn't good picks. Those aren't guys that kind of fit what they want to do. Josh Green wasn't known to be a three-point shooter coming out of college, just athletic guy. Tyrell Terry, he's a point guard, but he wasn't known to be a three-point shooter. I think you have to just go into this offseason and try to get three-point shooters. Obviously, trade Porzingis, try to get a Clint Capella type of guy in favor of Porzingis. I don't really know another Clint type of guy. What if, what if the Dallas Mavericks had trade Porzingis for Steven Adams? You give Pelican space, and that's what they need. And you and the Dallas Mavericks have a defensive big man who, who can also screens. roll. Yeah, and roll, and he's a good passer. If you're the Mavericks, are you willing to pay a high bargain for an upgrade to Porzingis? I wouldn't necessarily say it's an upgrade. No, it's no, just, I'm asking: would you would you want to upgrade, or would you try and downgrade to get capital? I wouldn't say downgrade or upgrade. I would say somebody just to fit what you want to do. Okay, that's what I would say. I don't think. Because I don't know if Memphis is obviously willing to trade Valanciunas at all. 
Oh, I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I don't think, I don't think, think that, so especially you, not for their scheme. Okay, and what they do, okay. they're more of a ground, grit and grind, ground and pound type of offense. So I think Valanciunas fits them way better than Porzingis. Porzingis will kind of just take them out their game because they like You're they have Jackson Memphis. Yeah, because they okay. have Jackson Jr. He kind of does what if Porzingis does. Mavs ended up getting Valanciunas. Oh, that would be that'd be perfect. But that's what I was wondering. Do you guys think that they'd be trying to upgrade, or or you just want someone that's more of a fit kind of? They have Jackson Jr. He's kind of what Porzingis does. Okay, he's younger. I don't think they would do that okay. at all. I don't think so either, but I was just curious of what you guys' thoughts are on that. Did you have any other player in mind? Telling us for the and shit. And honestly, there's there's no one really. Steven Adams wasn't a bad option, truthfully. The only thing is, I, I wish he had somewhat of a jump shot. Obviously, you look at Porzingis to, to Steven Adams. Steven Adams, excuse me, uh, Chris House Porzingis easily has the better shot. He can bring the ball out. He can run the pick and roll with Luca. You're really not sure what they're going to do, whether it's going to be a pick and pop, pick and roll. Uh, but I understand what you guys are saying. You want that interior presence, how you mentioned. Uh, you want the inside game. You want the outside game. Uh, I just, It's just hard to find a, a, another in-between piece right now at the center position because I feel like right now it's either there. It doesn't have to be center. It could, could be, just a, be forward, a guard. I mean, I know too. Bradley Beal has been floating around there, but I, just, I personally don't think... Washington will trade Beal. Who would Dallas give up? Their best piece is Porzingis. And if Washington is going into a full-on rebuild, why would they take Porzingis? I think It'd have to be a three-team trade. I think Beal would be great for that team. Do you think though. the Mavs go all-in on trying to get Kawhi this offseason or next offseason? They don't have the cap. They do have the cap. They do have they the do. cap. They do. They do have the cap. Wow. If they got Kawhi, Jesus. That'd be dope. But that, obviously, that's what about next Kyle season, Lowry? That has nothing to do with. Kyle, actually, Kyle Lowry. When I was I was playing two K with the Mavericks, that's who I signed. For real? Yeah, I, I think Kyle Lowry would be really. No, my team because no. I trade I traded KP to Washington. My team was Lowry, Doncic, Bertans, Thomas Bryant, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. I kept. I him. think Lowry would be really good for them. Yeah, just st- take the ball out of Lucas' hands a little bit. Make a steady point make guard. Him learn some off ball. He he can play. A, Lowry can play off ball too. No, for sure. And then you can trade Porzingis. I guess you can get Bertans like do what Joel's did or get another big. Or you can get a Stephen Adams for for Porzingis. You can have Lowry, Doncic, and Adams, Man. and that wouldn't be too bad. I, I like Lowry to Dallas. Porzingis is just such a hard player right now to to trade for or trade away. It's like he just really hasn't shown you that much these last two seasons. Obviously, I would say in the bubble, he definitely was was really solid until he went down. But this season was really up and down. I was hurt to, to start the season. They went on a groove, and then they kind of just fizzled you think, out towards you think, the playoffs. You think Milwaukee would trade Lopez for Porzingis? No I don't way. think so. No I'll way. say this, though. I think that the Mavericks have a tough decision to make, and they're going to have to gamble regardless. Yeah, You're either going to have to gamble on Porzingis being Porzingis again, or you're going to have to gamble on trading him and him being that somewhere else. So Here's a name. it really depends on what you think because in the NBA, you have to have foresight. If the 76ers had foresight about Ben Simmons, they would have traded him two seasons ago. They're delusional. And now, he, you know, I think his value is really low. Here's a name I have. Uh, Chris Boucher. He's not bad, but he's, his, he's, he's not making much money either, though. Correct. And I don't think Toronto but you would can't, trade him. You don't think to, even though Toronto, I just feel like Toronto might blow it up right now. I don't think they need to. Really? OG, Boucher, Siakam. Fred Van Vliet. I think they got Fred a couple Van guys Vliet. where they can, they can definitely make they're another one, run. They're one the star, way that they, star away. They were using Boucher two, down. Maybe two. The way they were one using Boucher. One star away from making the playoffs, though, I think. 
I mean, I think they're a playoff team. They just had a. I mean, they they didn't I'm, play a home game all not season. A single, that is, that that is, is a very fact. True. That is very true. I mean, uh, yeah, that's very true. I don't know. Yeah, Porzingis is going to be a hard guy to trade, but like you said, you got to gamble. You got to make that gamble. Are you? And, do you trust in the new coach to maybe make a different adjustment for Porzingis to thrive in that system? That's that, true. That's another thing that you could talk about. You know, we're not sure if, yeah. if that is the case. We are not sure. No. Dallas is in a pickle. And I, the last topic of this of this episode was going to be Kristaps Porzingis potential trade packages. We just talked, but yeah, I think we just, we just went over yeah that. we just talked about definitely. It. So do you guys have any other ones? Because maybe Boston with Kemba that could be one that could be an option. How do you like that with Kemba coming to them uh, to Dallas? For Dallas personally, I wouldn't like it because Kemba's a gamble. Yep, he, he because he's injury he's injury prone now, and he's been hanging out with the Kardashians. Lori Markinen. what the f- would you? Kristaps Porzingis that's for Lori. Gr- that's great value Porzingis. That's literally Porzingis. I agree. But a worse version. Yeah. Younger too though. Mm-hmm. Definitely couldn't be better. I feel like that that play style with... We would need we would have to give them a few guys. Because Lori's on a $6 million deal. So like Lori, St. Aransky, Al Farouk. I don't hate that. You said St. Aransky? Yeah, he has to go. Al Farouk? Yeah. We, we, you know. Alfred gets paid 10 mil. I get so mad about that. Yeah, that's Orlando things. paid him 10 mil and we picked him up. <sighs> yeah, there are very few teams you can send Porzingis to that. That's what that I'm saying. I mean, I'm Porzingis. trying to say. I mean, Porzingis with Vucevic? Uh, That'd whatever. be firm. Let's do it. That would be firm. At this point. That would be horrible. Yeah, at this point. So? Yeah. Whatever floats my boat at this point. Let's just do it. Any see how, yeah, let's see how it works. It. I don't care Cheers. no more. We got Zach. He'll get 30. That's your boy? That's when's when's the jersey coming in? I don't get player. I only have two player jerseys. Who? PG? No, Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose. No, and Michael Jordan. I'm sorry. That's lit. Yeah, that's, that's the only lit. two guys I have. I have a bad habit of collecting things like jerseys, hats. Bad. I have yeah. a Derrick Rose signed jersey. His tough. 2011 All-Star jersey. That is tough. Yeah. Who signed it? Come here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd you get it signed? You saw Derrick Rose? No, my mom had a family friend. Okay. And he got it signed, and then they were like dating. So he gave me it as a gift, like I guess to like be on my good side. How do you know that's real? Have you checked it out? Yeah. What if it's forced? <laughs> well, I gave it away. So imagine it's like, why? Oh, I uh, sold it to my boy Haas. Real. Okay. Yeah. So imagine, if it's forced, it ain't mine no more. Imagine somebody forced it. <laughs> nah, that'd be that sad. That means he would have forged it just to get on my good side to date my mom. So it'd just be like, bro, come on, like. So we're just gonna have to stall him. Yeah, he's lying to me. I gave him like he's my boy, so I sold it for like hundred fifty dollars. Wow, that's that's undervalued. Cheap. Yeah, yeah, you did right. It's my boy. Man, You're real. You hmm? would not do well on StockX. <laughs> those aren't my boys. StockX aren't my boys. True. Yeah, those aren't my boys. I'd I'd have put that. I'd have said like two K, bro. Yeah, for a, a piece deal. of advice, somebody once told me a wise man once told me, never mix business with friends. Well, it wasn't really business. It was if it's exchanging money. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't wear it. He wears it. I'm not a fan of that saying, personally. Me either. I hate that saying. But you're right. In real world, you're right. But me, personally. I don't deal with snakes. Exactly. That's, that's where the that's where that plays in. I don't deal with you snakes. You did right. Yeah, I'm a blessing. So this I'm, is this is going to do it for this episode of the Pick a Side Podcast. This is now episode 30, episode 93. I missed up 30. the episode. So yeah, this is now episode 93. You guys can follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Pick a Side Podcast. On Twitter at Pick a Side Pod. And if you guys want to, you guys could review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. I mean, you guys have made it two hours in already, so you might as well, right? I mean, a lot of chit chatter. What's an extra 
yeah. 30 seconds. And if you guys want to, you guys can also support the show at uh, Pick a Side Podcast. You can search up, search us up on Patreon. Tell a friend, tell a we friend. We can appreciate bro. it. And I think we're going to have hoodies soon or shirts. I need that. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how to go by the clothing process and stuff like that. It's a All you got to do is just go to H&M and just get a bunch of just shirts and hoodies. I don't want to do that, though, I'm for sorry. two reasons. One, H&M is fast fashion. Mm. What are you trying to do? Fa- well, the problem. What do you mean by fast fashion? The 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 material are, is oh, bad. Okay. And if you get a, I don't want to screen the logo on because after a wash, it, it's gonna start. Makes sense. Makes sense. Fizzling makes sense. out. So, you know, we got we want to make some high quality stuff. So we're gonna charge two hundred a hoodie. I'm gonna now give playing. you one. Let's go. You man. one for free, guys. I need one. Yeah. Good luck, bro. We give you one two free. Yeah. So thank you guys for okay, watching bro. this episode, and we'll see you next time.